Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the MTG Conflicts cast. My name is John and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Hey. This week we're going to be talking about Wizard of the Coast proposed changes to the PPTQ system and their newly announced set, Modern Horizons. Before we get into that, we're going to talk about our bi-weekly roundup and what we've been up to for these last two weeks since we last saw you. Chris, let's start with you. Well, uh, I finally made it out to another one of those uh, NorCal events, playing Amulet, and I finally managed to make my way into the top eight. Wow. Um, I was aided by the luck. The <laughs> luck gods have graced me with such an event because I sat down for my round one, take on my deck, start to shuffle, and the judge says, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, guys. We have an ex- We have another player here who didn't make it on the list. We have to do. We might have to do some repair or something. Okay, okay. Sit there and wait. And so he didn't do a full repair. He just kind of randomized a little bit. I don't know exactly what, what he did, but <laughs> at the end of the day, he said, um, "So table eight, Chris, you have the round one by." <laughs> Excellent. So uh, yeah, coincidentally, the person who got a round one by in a five round Swiss event somehow found a way into the top eight. Wow, shocking. So it's actually really funny. Um, I think in actual matches I played that day, I was two and two. <laughs> wow. Because I didn't play round one because I had a bye. And then I believe I won round two, lost round three, won round four, ID'd round five to make it a top eight, and then lost in the quarterfinals. So you so, really deserve to be there, is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, so I, I basically went two and two at and and... Yeah. Very nice. So, I mean, hey! (laughs) Got him. We got there. Yeah, so my two losses on the day were once to Blue Red Phoenix and once to Grixis Shadow. And then I beat uh, Blue Red Phoenix and humans. I savagely crushed Daniel Genova. (laughs) Poor Daniel. uh, In round round two. No, no, actually, it it was winning into top eight. So... Winner <laughs> could probably draw in, and loser definitely could not. Well, Dan's top aided like almost all of these so far, right? Yeah, he so. top aided like every event except for that one. I, I, sh- I kicked him out. Wow, that's just unfair. The guy with the buy just sneaks his way in. Yeah, I don't remember the game super well at this point because it's been like two weeks, but I know he got he got rocked. <laughs> he had like access to two meddling mages, but he knew I had access to both. Titan E and Ballista. Oh, great. So he just like couldn't quite lock down all the angles and Yeah, when I was playtesting against you with humans like ages ago, it felt really bad like trying to meddling mage. There's just yeah. too many too many things that must be named. Cause I think I got to play like a turn two Azusa and play a bunch of lands and then pass back to him. And he reflected mages my Azusa. So I guess he had the option of either reflector mage my Azusa or playing meddling mage naming primeval titan. But he didn't know what was in my hand. Because if he just meddling mages and names titan and I have a ballista, he just, just no way in hell he can possibly win that game. Yeah. So he just reflector mage the, the Azusa and hoped for the best. And so I made a titan and transmuted for a ballista post combat. So then he images copying Reflector Mage to bounce my Titan and then Meddling Mage's naming um, Walking Ballista. But then I just got to untap, replay my Zeusa, and then transmute for an Explosives and play that for three and then pass back. Ugh. And basically nuke his entire board. 
and then get to play by uh, my Titan next turn and kill him. He like he's like one one good top deck away from stealing the game. Like I think like one more. Well, a three drop wouldn't have done it because I had the EE. But I like a lieutenant might have got there. A malcontents would have got there. A melee yeah. mage would have got there. Like he had he had a lot of outs, but couldn't couldn't find it. Yeah, humans has a lot of ways to just kind of tie up games like that. It's uh it's hard sometimes, but then you just have a lot of live draws. It seems like playing that deck, just yeah. like do some really berserk <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think he drew a blank and then canopied into a bugler, and like even if bugler found the answer, he didn't have enough mana to deploy it. So. Mm. He's like just not quite, not quite there. So aside from being savagely lucky with amulet, you actually has some some well earned victories of amulet as well, right? Yeah. So <laughs> when I play amulet in paper at these local events, I it's been a rough, it's been a rough time, and I feel like the local meta is even more hostile than online, which is insane in the brain to me. There's so much like mono red phoenix, blue red phoenix, it's a shadow. At these at these events, um, but I'm currently on a 11 win match streak online. I five oh two leagues good. in a row. But here, here's a here's here's a breakdown of what I've played against in those last ten matches for my two five oh leagues. So uh, we have Dredge. All right, it's a real deck. Uh, then I played against apparently a uh, was it Delver Chat. Legacy oh. grinder. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a he's a grinder from Legacy, dude. The people in Delver Chat when they when they play like uh, modern decks, they play garbage. Just like weird piles of garbage. Yeah. So this guy <laughs> was playing Narset Cannon. Yeah. So he he was like crushing people. Aside from you, by the way, like he like four won that league. I want to say like you were his only loss. And and the time it took you to play your next match, he had done a whole other league. I think. Yeah, like, I was super confused because <laughs> he he like most of five and he goes like City of Brass Pass. I'm like, okay, is this like a really anemic dredge draw or something? Maybe he just only has like Cathartic Union or something. I like play my whatever and he's like second City of Brass Pass. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is happening right now? And then he like untaps and goes like oh you know looting a grizzle brand gorio's grizzle brand draw my whole fucking deck fury of the horde a bunch of times and kill you i was like what what on earth <laughs> and i look at like um like what the hell is he exiling to his fury of the horde and it's like narset is in there i'm like ah narset <laughs> <laughs> And then I managed to beat him the next two games. I don't really remember exactly what happened. I think one of the games it was like I had a, a counter spell and he couldn't win or something like that. Or like instant he, bog or something. I, I had, forget. He had a really bad spoils of the vaults, I want to say. I think that, is that what it was? Oh, yeah. He spoiled for like Gorio's Vengeance and went down to one life from like 17. Yeah. I, and, I tuned in just in time to see that. Like, if the very last, like, turn of the last game. He, like, Goryeo'd his Narset, got an attack in, and then, like, didn't do anything and died. Yeah. I think in game two, he, like, hard cast his Narset. I was like, <laughs> Hidden mode. Oh, man. Funky new mode. 
yeah. So then I played against Lantern Control. Blast from the past there. As it turns out, I was very happy to put a Reclamation Sage back in my main deck for this league. Um, proved quite <laughs> useful. Uh, and then game two, uh, Shrek is very, very good. <laughs> it's Staring Bridge versus Ogre, who will win. <laughs> yeah, they have a really hard time against the Ogre. Uh, <laughs> oh, then I played against Boggles. And this is another thing. So this league I'm playing, and I'm finishing this league at like 3.30 in the morning. And this is like the night or day morning before we're supposed to go to the, the NorCal event, which is probably why I didn't do better at the, <laughs> the I mean, paper did, event. Did good enough, but yeah. But yeah, I found a way to lose game one to Boggles. Holy shit. I remember I had a turn where I had like eight mana in play and no lands in my hand, and I drew an Azusa, and my last card was... So my hand is like Azusa Summoner's Pack. I'm like, oh, cool, an Azusa. I can play Azusa and do stuff. And I just like played the Azusa, and then looked down, and without my five mana remaining, I'm like, huh. Well, I guess I'm just going to pass now. <laughs> uh, good job. Yeah, good I found job. a way to lose that game. And then we rallied back games uh, two and three, as you do. And then I beat Tron in the, the last one. Easy peasy. Uh, uh, yeah. And then my, my most recent um, league, I played against Green White Value Town. I lost game one because I got ghost quartered probably five times that game. That's kind of what they're going for. And then that is the value in the value town. (laughs) Game two, I kind of, I think he got stuck on one land. He had like one land bird and just never had a second land until like turn four and he just died. (laughs) And then game three, I mulligan to four, he mulligans to five. And, but his five seems like pretty decent. He has like turn two and either reliquary. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is where I die. But I ripped an EE, so my explosives for three, like, three for one to him. Gross. And then he just drew air for the rest from then on out, and I I got him. So that felt great. Then I played against Bant Reclamation, which confused the hell out of me, too, because game one, I went, um, he went turn one Misty Rainforest Pass. I played turn one, like, Force Scout Pass. He cracks for Breeding Pool on Bion Step, untaps, and then concedes. Huh. <laughs> He's just like, yep, we're done. I was like, huh. what the hell am I playing against? <laughs> breeding pool? This dream for his breeding pool is scoop? Yeah, that's a weird one. So I was like, I don't know. Maybe he's like on blue titan shift or scape shift. I don't know. <laughs> so I poured in like some number of counter spells, but not all. Turns out he was playing a Bant Reclamation deck and I got shit on game two. <laughs> so then I sideboarded correctly game three and uh, beat him real good. Turns out when you negate their Splinter Reclamation or Wilderness Reclamation, the deck's not as good. Wow. Yeah, it sounds about right. Oh, then I play against Grixis Death Shadow, which is a real deck. <laughs> is it? Um, he did multi five and get Rawful Stomped, so I 2-0'd MGG easy. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> then I played against the Mono Green Combo Elves, which is interesting. Comboing, uh, comboing how? Beast Whisperer. Huh! <laughs> I see. So he went turn one, dork, turn two, heritage druid, other dork, lead the stampede, and he reveals like random, like visionary one mana elf, creator of behemoth. I'm like, huh, I'm going to be in for a good time. I can already tell. <laughs> so I do something yeah. relatively insignificant because it was my turn to 
I'd like play it. I'm set. I have a turn three Titan ready, but he untaps on his turn three. He plays a Beast Whisper, and then Nettle Sentinel and like draws half his deck, and passes back to me with an Azuri and like four mana available. <laughs> huh. So I died. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. And then I win game two and three. The game three was really funny because he kept a hand on the strength on the back of a Damping Sphere. Turns out Elves is not so good when it plays Damping Sphere as the first spell of the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. Like, all their Elves cost more now. Yeah, so I had two amulets, a Zeus, and a Scout, but I, you know, my balance has made colorless mana. So instead, my plan was to just float a billion mana with a bounce land colorless mana and then go like transmute for a walking ballista <laughs> and before I had the opportunity to pick up my Tolerius he just conceded like float 8 colorless mana opponent's like yep that's, that can't beat that can't beat 8 colorless mana <laughs> <laughs> uh. this is like the league of, of preemptive concessions it felt like and then my, my fifth my fifth match was against mono blue tron so, I, got to, okay, I got to watch that one. <laughs> so in the past, like, ten matches, I, I played against Narset Cannon, Lantern, Boggles, Green White Stuff, Bant Reclamation, Beast Whisper Elves, and Blue Tron. <laughs> this is a comp league, right? Two comp yeah, leagues. These are, right? Yeah, these are competitive leagues. Like, you can play whatever you want, Mar. Don't let anyone tell you you can't play whatever you want. <laughs> I get rocked game one. He mindslavers me and he kills me with my own pack trigger. That felt great. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> you're like oh i'm just dead if he has a land then he had like not only did he have the land he also had like the ability just to go map for a land right yeah so, he could have like mapped for another tower which would have been enough mana to do it anyway just double dead i was like so confused like why did he even get um like a Kelly ruins here what the hell and he like replays his mindset like i see <laughs> yeah i'm in danger yeah, I was like not getting why you were surprised by the ruins. It's like that's that, that's a combo. <laughs> yeah, I just like didn't count the mana. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, he's not even close to doing that, right? And I'm like, oh wait, he's really close to doing that. Yeah, sneaks up on you. <laughs> and then I don't even remember what happened the other two games, which I won. I remember one game he repealed our primeval titan, which like bamboozled the hell out of me. Didn't didn't quite get there. <laughs> I think you like had like negate one of the games and that was like good enough too oh i just had like a pile of negates yeah yeah i've been playing three negates no spell pierces and honestly it's been feeling pretty good i mean negate's a good card because like spell pierce is usually only better against nonsense like infect or the blood moon decks and the blood moon decks unless they're like if they're a traditional blue moon deck like pure still isn't that good yeah so negate's been treating me well. I had a, I played against uh, the Mono Red Prison deck on Friday and like went to stubborn denial something, like for one, and then they they pitched a spirit guide to pay for it. <laughs> How'd that feel? Very bad. <laughs> Very bad. <laughs> it's like I gotcha. It's like no, you don't. Uno reverse card. <laughs> so that wasn't a Simeon Spirit Guide. That was an Uno reverse card. Is what that was. <laughs> it's uh, like gotcha blocked counter gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get my speaking of uh, Friday feel bads. I I played that that 
heinous pile of the the blue white chalice deck <laughs> what a terrible meta for that deck holy shit yeah so we were talking about and i i was thinking about this beforehand like i think this deck is probably actually really bad at great escape because nobody plays like the meta decks at great escape so these chalices are probably just terrible and as it turns out the chalices were really terrible <laughs> and i boarded them out like basically every single round God, I got my shit pushed in by uh, Tesserator Thopter Sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, um, played a, a Chalice on two because, like, oh, it counters both, like, Sword of the Beak and Thopter Foundry. Like, how does he even do anything? And he's, like, five mana Tesserator, like, oh, mana leaked that. And, like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I walked up and you had a Chalice on two and a bunch of counter spells in hand that costed two. And I was just, like, Chris... How do you how do you win this game? <laughs> how how do you win this game? Yeah, I played against like four decks that like didn't care about Chalice on one at all. Yeah. There is like five or six decks playing Chalice there on Friday. Which is just baffling. Yeah, turns out Chalice not so good against the Modern Red Prison deck. Who would have thought? <laughs> it's really funny, I played Chalice on three, it's like, oh man, all these like kill cards that kill me are on like three mana, right? All the stupid Rabble Master stuff. And you play Hazaret? Well, no, but then I proceeded to draw, like, every three drop in my deck. <laughs> like, oh, Chalice for three, and off the top, like, Time the Reinforcements, Thirst for Knowledge, uh, Simeon Spirit Guy. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit. It was bad. Yeah. Luckily, I uh, I found a uh, Engineering Explosive so I could kill my Chalice. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I was going to die to his Chandra just plussing. Wow. Just Just good gameplay right there. Just good gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I, I went two and two. Yeah, that's impressive. I'm I'm impressed by that, honestly. Because <laughs> when I walked over and watched it, you were getting bodied. <laughs> oh, I beat uh, Mardu Pyromancer, which Chalice is not totally dead against, thankfully. But um, seems better than that matchup for sure. I Chalice for one, and he K commands it. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> how does he do it? How does he do it? Because I, 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 like, played a Teferi on turn four off a of Spirit Guide. It's like, Spirit Guide Teferi, he's like, okay, untap Dread for it. It's like, what the <laughs> F? That's, that's pretty brutal. And then I, like, Chalson won the next turn, like, all right, this should be good, right? And he's like, K-Command that? Like, all right, well, I guess... <laughs> I guess I see where this is going. <laughs> Man, Dreadboard's a fucking beating sometimes. Never expect that one anymore. So then I found out a second Teferi and play it, and he like tries to dreadboard again. It's like, how many dreadboards are in your deck? <laughs> wow. Two dreadboards? I, I countered know. it though. Yeah. I, ooh, I'm not on board of two dreadboards. That's that's a lot of dreadboard. I'm not even on board of Terminus right now. Or uh, Terminate, I mean. <laughs> yeah, so I have my Terry on five, right? He like dreadboards it unsuccessfully. And I have a Chalice in one. Like, oh, okay, I should be good, right? And he's like, oh, okay, command, Shadow Chalice, two to your Teferi, boy, your Teferi. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't have nice things. Uh, yeah, Marty Pyromancer just like smacks you down sometimes. Just smacks you down. Just has all the answers. Yeah, but he was very new to the deck and um, overextended with his Lingering Souls and got got by Terminus. Ah. Uh unfortunate yeah yeah unfortunately for him like because he played souls and flash effect and played like a bedlam river all in the same turn mm -hmm. and i was just like okay 
six mana terminus. <laughs> anyway, uh, what about you, John? What have you been playing the past couple weeks? Well, I've been on a, a kick with uh, various flavors of Death Shadow. So I was looking at getting into Death Shadow again because I used to play that deck a lot and I did well with it. And I was like, you know what? This deck is still good. I just like convinced myself it's not good for some strange reason. And, you know, I should just be playing it, right? So I was like looking at the shadow lists, the Grixis ones, and I was like, man, just like they're not playing any red cards. Like, there's like no red cards in the main deck. There's like one Faithless Looting, maybe. Some people play zero. And then there's like two Teamer Battle Rage. I'm like, that's it. That's it. You know, and then like. You know, a, a bolt on the board, and then like maybe yeah, a K maybe command, a, a K <laughs> command, like you know, maybe in a braid, like just not a lot of red. And like I've always been like of the opinion that like part of the advantage of shadow is you get to play like that really you know uh, robust. I don't know if robust is the right word. You get to play that you know three or four color mana base for like free because you're already wanting to hurt yourself. So you like you know it's mitigating the downside of playing a bunch of colors aside from like you know blood moon destroying you um and two color shadow isn't really an option anyways because you just don't have enough like shocks to make that really happen so you're like kind of locked into at least three colors so you're just always going to get wrecked by blood moon so might as well make the most of it right and so i was like you know what but it's like white just seems like way better than red like you get like path to exile which is like a great removal spell and you get lingering souls like oh lingering souls so good so grindy um and you get like solid sideboard cards like stony silence versus these these artifact decks and you know all that jazz and while path to exile did come in handy and like the one matchup where it was really relevant which was grishel brand <laughs> really glad to have uh have lingering souls and path to exile in that matchup but uh in my experience path to exile is like never good enough against grishel brand but oh uh, yeah <laughs> just my opponent just like didn't get quite there <laughs> only got to draw 14 couldn't draw 21 just came up a little short womp womp <laughs> so um but yeah and so like i think i went like two and two or something like that with esper and i was kind of thinking about it and i was like man you know what just like not having team or battle rage really sucks <laughs> like it really sucks and i was like well like what are my options like what can i play in not red that does what team or battle rage does I mean, there's just like nothing. There's a double cleave, <laughs> which gives double strike, and that's it. And then there's it's like a sorcery, by the way. Yeah, and there's like faith shield. I want to say that one of fateful hour gives your. Oh no, gives... no, double cleave's an instant. So good. <laughs> yeah, you have one on your desk, but why? Wow, which can you know let you attack through stuff, but it doesn't you know give your guys double strike. So like nothing has the just like pure in the game right now i want to win button inevitability of team or battle rage uh, nothing lets you like get through the weenies and smack them real hard at the same time like you can either get through the weenies or you can smack them real hard but you can't do both and so i was like thinking about it and thinking about it and i was like you know what like that's like the one thing i really want like that's the thing i need i need i need the like the button the like i need to win right now button and so i went back to red and played grixis and um there are a ton of people playing these god awful chalice decks right now so red's actually pretty solid because you get to play a braid and colgon's command and um i was pretty happy with having those in my deck because i played against mono red prison twice <laughs> wow 
And uh, the second time I played it, game three, my opponent uh, on the play, I believe, manages to go Mountain, Exile 3, Simeon Spirit Guides, played turn one Karn. <laughs> wow, no rituals, just, just, just had all these Spirit just, Guides. Just had all the Spirit Guides, yeah. I won that game, which people that watched that game and then left like after the first few turns and when i told them i won they were just like what like how well i like had two shadows in play with my opponent at 20 and i met uh was it two yeah was it two two life and i managed to rip a snapcaster mage for the colgon's command i had milled over earlier in the game he had two constructs on blocking duty and i managed to nug one for two and shatter the other and get in for uh, 22 damage in one swing <laughs> that's why that's why death shadow is dumb <laughs> deck can win from really far behind with its gigantic 13 13 boys so that was pretty cool so i ended up going 3-1 i lost to like a bant creature pile it's kind of like a bant coco deck should with... play frixion life in your astro deck so you can make your shadows even bigger <laughs> there you go my 15 15 shadow ah <laughs> when when uh you know 11 11s aren't big enough just build build a bigger boy so um yeah i was pretty happy with that and while it wasn't something that i necessarily did it is something very relevant to my upcoming weeks in magic and that's that blue red delver won scg open syracuse in legacy and blue red delver is a deck that has been very near and dear to my heart in legacy for a while now i've been grinding with it since the uh death right shaman and Gataxian pro bands and i've been playing the more burn oriented version of of the deck with you know the swift spears and just trying to you know get in and uh, get them get them get them as fast as possible and in when terramander and light up the stage were printed i thought like wow these probably have a place in the deck but i don't got any time to test because i'm playing swans and modern so i spent all my time playing another blue red deck entirely in a different format i was like i'll let other people figure it out and, and see kind of where the where the dust settles and rich Callie got first place at the open and um i believe another player named austin collins got fifth with uh, a similar but slightly different list he wasn't playing white at the stage but pretty close altogether honestly very similar creature package and um mana base and a lot of the spells are the same too just kind of like bumped up the numbers a little bit with uh the version that didn't have the white at the stages and so uh i am going to be putting some terramanders and light at the stages in my deck and uh jamming some more blue red delver and legacy so i'm like super super excited about that because that deck is gas 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 getting to play a little bit slower speed with true nemesis and young pyromancer instead of like these really mopey hasty flyers or just hasty creatures i should say sounds really nice <laughs> uh it gives you a lot more like flexibility than just like trying to crash in every turn for you know one or two whatever um so yeah, super, the deck is, looks bad, looks real bad. Yeah, it's like really on or really off, and this deck can kind of be not really on or really off, and like just kind of like you know do more proactive, but not necessarily like as berserk of things. But I mean, you do have some some really berserk lines available to you if light up the stage though, where you can just like 
just blow them, you know, just blow them up with a bunch of burn spells, draw a bunch of cards, and just get in there, make a five-five flyer, and just go to town. So, <laughs> uh, pretty excited about that. But that kind of wraps up uh, what I wanted to talk about for my weekly roundup. So we can get into our first topic. Uh, I guess we'll lead off with a little bit of uh, follow-up on our close to home, but a little, a little far away. California is a big state, but uh, GPLA. I know a lot of people that we personally know went down to the tournament, even though neither of us found the time to uh, to make the eight-hour drive or short plane flight. Um, but there are some cool results in, and the result is that uh, everyone is playing Is It Phoenix, apparently. Yeah, so I feel like in all of the large events leading up to this one, it was like, oh man, you know, Modern's so healthy, look at all this diversity of decks, you can play whatever you want, and it's pretty good. And then now, it's just that that's a lot of phoenixes <laughs> that's it's like impressive. that meme like i can see your future i see phoenixes god that's a lot of phoenixes <laughs> yeah yeah the fortune teller <laughs> yeah like top cards as you pointed out earlier are lightning bolt faithless looting serum vision surgical extraction manamorphos thought scour arc light phoenix thing in the ice opt and fatal push so you know yeah so cards- nine of the ten most played cards are all cards in the blue-eyed phoenix decks yeah i would argue that like surgical extraction and fatal push are there to like beat those decks and i guess they play surgical as well but like surgical and fatal push are like the counters to the deck and then everything else is just cards in the deck <laughs> so yeah so i mean i guess a, a lot gross. of these decks also have homes in like maybe Crix's shadow like the thought scours and fatal bushes and uh, surgicals are probably in their their board as well but by and large, yeah, these are all just just out of the Phoenix decks. These decks play what two two crackling drakes, usually. Yeah. So if you look at the top creatures at the event, you've got Arcwight Phoenix, Thing in the Ice, Snapcaster Mage, Tarmogoyf, and then in fifth place, Crackling Drake. <laughs> like, what? Why is this topping the list of of, of creatures? It's just not right. <laughs> the uh, the top thirty two of this event. Something is wrong here. Yes, but uh, no Pteromander in the top creatures. Yeah, I think a lot of people aren't playing any. Enough enough people aren't playing any. I'm honestly not sold on Pteromander in that deck, mostly because it's just another graveyard-reliant card. But Chris, the list that got first has two. Yeah, and uh, I feel like <laughs> the from where I sit playing Amulet, I feel like the decks playing Pteromander are easier to beat than the ones that aren't. Mostly because it dies to engineering explosives, whereas Crackling Drake is much harder to kill. Yeah. I mean, he just played both. Two and two. Little, little, little calm A, little calm B. Yeah. I don't know. And it, like, and it, and it loses to his graveyard hate. Like, you know, I'm going to Bajooka Bog your Phoenixes anyway, and your Pteromander is just this really shitty, like, Sunday Auk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's Hawk is an apt description sometimes of this card. So maybe it's a better game one card than Crackling Drake, but I don't know. Yeah, but uh, we had uh, Hardened Scales in second. Dredge, another Hardened Scales. Dredge, Grixis Death Shadow, another Phoenix deck, and Titan Shift. Is Titan Shift the hero here? I, I hate to say it, but so. <sighs> Titan Shift does me confused. Like, how does Titan Shift exist in a world where everyone's playing, like, phoenixes and, you know, these burn spells? Like, 
Titan Shift isn't a particularly fast deck. It's a very... It's a deck with a lot of inevitability, but I don't think it's goldfishing the Phoenix decks. I like that they've got two main deck Flame Slash. <laughs> Kill you a thick in the ice real good. I was actually thinking about this uh, earlier, uh, about whether you wanted to maybe play like Flame Slash in your Death Shadow sideboard <laughs> instead of Lightning Bolt. <laughs> And I was like toying with the idea, even though it doesn't seem that great. But they're running two main deck, in addition to two lightning bolt. So you know, just get these, uh, get these thing in the aces out of here. Yeah, Titan Chief is definitely the, the deck that sticks out in this top eight. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow continuing to just kind of climb its way to the top tables, which honestly kind of surprises me. You know, never see much of it. Like you know, on the list, like oh, there's not a lot of not a lot of Shadow decks. Like one or two i think there's like two grixis and one four color shadow deck in the top 32 yeah and then but here it is in the top eight like climbed its way in it always seems to seems to be able to convert <laughs> tron looking in from ninth place good riddance like there's not a whole lot of um spice going on in the top 32 i mean there is some like Papa Bless, Yuta Takahashi, Eleven Place. This man is a hero. Spell Stutter Sprites. Yeah, I love this guy's deck, man. I played it for a couple weeks. I'm maybe gonna run it back in the near future again. Yeah. Oh man, I feel bad for him. Like he like got eleventh here. He got he got fifth at, at Portland, so it was good. You know, top eight and. And Atlanta, he got 13th, so he's like just looking in from the outside, kind of, unfortunately, often. Yeah, looking down the list, there's not a whole lot else exciting going on here. Unfortunately, the one amulet deck in the top 32 is playing a uh, a meme dinosaur in it. <laughs> the memosaur? I thought that was the memoplasm. <laughs> yeah, one Zakama. Yeah, not a fan. Still, still off the big dino? Still not a fan. God, nine mana is just so much goddamn mana. Yeah, and uh, there's there's a whole lot of mana. Cause like having the ability to play this and untap and like lightning bolt two creatures or three creatures or whatever just doesn't even seem that good at the moment. Like why do that when you could just kill him, right? Like oh boy, you know I played this dinosaur and I got to shoot down a phoenix or two. Ooh, and I guess it has reach. Ooh, but it's like I don't know. So does Shrek. Yeah, so does Shrek, and I think Shrek's just a better card against the Phoenix decks than this thing. Because, like, how often are you just alive to cast this thing? Yeah, I'd much rather have something that nags them for six every time they cast a spell. Seems pretty Gucci. Like, for nine mana, you could have just transmuted for a pact and played a, a Shrek, which they have to double bolt to kill. I'm taking 12 in the process. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tall order two for one yourself and take 12 in the process then still have enough life and resources to actually kill your opponent like i don't know yeah heaven forbid the the amulet player have a counter spell <laughs> you're dead I, I i must imagine it must feel terrible to like all right take six boy you're thinking your guy all right take six boy your guy and like oh take six and negate <laughs> like what am I gonna do? Take six four to fight over this negate? <laughs> yeah, that's eighteen damage. Like <laughs> you're dead you probably, probably just die. Yeah. yeah, it's like 
just th- that negate becomes a, a counter flux basically uh sideboard's kind of interesting uh a dispel here i always think dispel is very strange which spell the decks And I've already talked about how I don't like Ramonet Excavator, but uh, Chameleon Colossus is kind of an interesting inclusion. People were playing this because of Shadow, but looking at the top 32, what Shadow? Yeah, <laughs> who, who, who are you aiming for with this one? And uh, no Shrek in the sideboard. It's a, that seems like a mistake to me, from my, my limited understanding of, of, of the deck. Shrek is I mean, love, Shrek is life. Some people don't like Shrek, and I think they're wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know if if you should up with the gp you just wanted to meme on people with the dinosaur then you know hey whatever have at it uh i mean i feel like if you're really like there for the memes just play both right what what's a great meme what is what are some great memes you can play in this deck like that's that's another great thing about amulet like the the core is really good and you have some reflect spots where you can play basically whatever the hell you want like the guy that like won the SCG event or whatever with the through the breach package kind of proved that. <laughs> well, that's kind of a different animal, <laughs> and I I still can't can't fathom how he managed to win that event with that list. God, because I, I built the list online, I played it a reasonable amount. I feel, and every game where I didn't have a tornado, the deck felt absolutely glacial just died before i got off the ground every time he's just uh ahead of the curve man he's getting ready for that new mulligan roll <laughs> what do you mean don't have an amulet in your opening hand david win winning down in 27th but he's still a winner in our books because he's playing esper control with i think it's uh let's see here yes he's got three main deck esper chars <laughs> Oh man, this this card this card is a fun card to play. If you like playing control, you like playing Esper Charm. Just you get to just draw step mind rot your opponents. <laughs> yeah, just it's like the hardest card to play because you always just have to decide: do I want instant speed divination or do I want instant speed mind rot? It's so hard to decide. <laughs> With Snapcaster Mage, you can do both. Go okay. a little bit of offense, defense. <laughs> get some coming and going. Destroys enchantments to boot. It's just great. Great. Yeah, just in case. Just in case. What a great card. You know, opponent's got a Leyline of Sanctity. Just blow it up. Snap it back. Mind rot him. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> in response to your Dippery Cornet, uh, blow up your Hyena Umbra? Huh. <laughs> yeah. How unfortunate. And if they do manage to suit him up, you're playing to settle the wreckage. <laughs> yeah i don't think this deck's gonna have many issues against boggles oh see that's why you have esper charm you gotta blow up their leyline sanctity so you can settle the wreckage of them oh yeah yeah there you go <laughs> one main deck absorb that's a that's a winner right there yeah it's another deck playing the full four copies of cryptic command yeah that's how you know they're winning yeah, it's nice it's nice three unmoored ego in the sideboard got a card you don't want to lose to you need only name it <laughs> <laughs> i love that these these blue white x control decks just can't get away from the one bane slayer one lira in the board now it's just like every single deck is doing it every single one because they're just really good 
Yeah. I just, I mean, I played with them. I liked them. I just baffled by the fact that this is, this is like the truth. Like the truth is you play two five mana angels in your deck. Like really? Like that's, that's where modern's been for this long. I don't know. I remember a long time ago, I was watching um, a legacy match and someone cast a Baneslayer angel and it was just insane. Yeah. It was like, un- it was unbeatable. Like, if your opponent doesn't have source of plowshares, how the hell are they going to beat a Baneslayer Angel in Legacy? Like, yeah, like, like it, beats, it beats their Batter Skull germ. Like, yeah. Easy. It's just, it's just huge. And it gains life and has first strike. Like, it flies. <laughs> it blocks Gristlebrand. <laughs> yeah, and they don't even gain seven life. Well, yeah, you, you gain five. <laughs> protection from demons and from dragons <laughs> sure why not i mean it like if it just kills them in four turns is that like the the secret reason why uh our dragon decks are just bad and modern because every every blue uh blue white x deck just gonna have a bane slayer in the board <laughs> i don't think that's the reason why <laughs> uh, let me make excuses decks. let me make excuses chris I thought you were going to say, isn't that why our dragon decks are the best? Because, obviously, 5 power, 5 mana flying things are really good in modern. No, I think it's specifically this 5 mana, 5 power flying thing. <laughs> Lifelink first strike, pretty good. Doesn't die to flame slash or rending volley? Ah, can't roast it either. <laughs> How beat? Can't I'll beat. fatal push? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's kind of like Primal Titan in the sense it's like it's just really hard to remove. Yeah, unless they're playing white. But then you got counter spells. <laughs> yeah, easy. Easy. Easy peasy. No problems here. <laughs> it's just good deck building. <laughs> uh, but uh, aside from the GPLA results, um, Watsi has, uh, has quietly. Okay, maybe not quietly, but Watsi has acquiesced to our demands from last week. We spoke and Watsi listened. Is that is that how it goes, Chris? Before we even publicized our our last podcast, they <laughs> they knew what we wanted, and uh, Watsi has fixed Karanos God of Storms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, last week was our episode of complaining about many many things. And before we could even publish it, Karanos got of Storms. All better. All better. Yep. Kevin has been having a ball of a time in Modern, playing Swans with Karanos again. Goodbye, Chandra Pyromaster. Or not Pyromaster, Flamecaller. 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 Goodbye, Ral is it Viceroy. Yeah. Hopefully she'll call again sometime. <laughs> but uh she she and turned Chandra out to Flynn, be call me maybe. <laughs> call me baby. <laughs> This is crazy. Uh, but she actually, uh, she's pretty decent. <laughs> hey, I just fit you, and this is crazy. But Karos is bugged, so play me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, phone call are good. Uh, Raw Zarek, not so good, turns out. So we learned a valuable lesson, I guess. Maybe. Meh. But <laughs> it was a lesson. Its value is 
questionable. <laughs> the real lesson was just Karanos is really good and he's hard to replace. So there you go. Uh, and uh, Watsi also uh, put out that uh, they have a plan of sorts to replace the now defunct PPTQ system. Uh, they are now going to be called Mythic Championship Qualifiers because we love having more things to remember new names for. Yes, and they're very short and compact, easy to remember things. Yeah, you know, we don't have pro tours. We have Mythic Championships. championships. We don't have Grand Prix. We have Magic, Magic Fests. And I feel like they changed the name of something else recently as well. So I think it's like the main tournament is the Grand Prix at the Magic Fest. <laughs> oh, great. So it's still a GP at Magic Fest Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so far as I <sighs> can tell, they've done away with the whole PPTQ system and they've put in the whole MCQ system. Yeah, MCQ. Which... Looks suspiciously like the PTQ system. <laughs> the old one. <laughs> yeah. It's rewind time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one day magic tournament. And uh, if you perform well at the qualifier, you could earn uh, an invitation to the upcoming Mythic Championship. <laughs> like, it's like the thing when you like get a call from the bank. Like the parts of the phone number are obviously filled in by a different voice, like a like a bank of words that's been pre-recorded and then like stuck together. <laughs> like, Hello, thank you for calling the blah blah blah. You are number caller number five, <laughs> and you are qualified for the Mythic Championship, Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> On April sixteenth. <16th. laughs> Uh, so the way this is going to work is they're going to give 150 or so very special and lucky WPN or TO run stores the the blessing, the ability to run one of these Mythic Championship qualifiers. So to qualify for one of these, you have to have a threshold of 200 Planeswalker points, which is nothing. Basically nothing. Basically nothing. Show up to FNM for a while, kids, and you'll be good. Yeah, you play in one, you win, you top, whatever. I Probably based on attendance, just like the RPTQs were. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And you can, I mean, uh, considering qualify. what? So, you're saying that 150 stores across the country? Globally. 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 That's a sticking point, I feel like. That is a that is a that's a low number. <laughs> yeah, so if you ever had dreams of getting on the Pro Tour. Good fucking luck. <laughs> that's very small. Not because impressive. Even, <laughs> even if you're good at this game, right? What are the odds you're gonna have one of these events remotely close to you? How lucky are you to be near one of these 150 locations in the world? And they're running the uh, the season from May 11th to June 16th. And I feel like that is a really small window. Yeah, it's like, what, a month? 
Yeah, it's much shorter than the old PPTQ system. So maybe they're going to be running 150 of these more frequently? That could make things a little smoother, I guess. So yeah, so if they're if they're giving 150 of these worldwide more often, then maybe maybe that'll work. Maybe. Hmm. But are they going to like change up the 150 stores every month, or is it going to be that same store getting a new one each month? Right. That'd be that'd be the that'd be a good deal for whoever gets that if that's the case. Right. But then if you're in a place where you're not close by to one, you just get continually screwed out of the opportunity to go play in these these events. I mean, if you live in certain parts of the world and or country, I feel like you're used to getting continually screwed by the magic qualification system. That is fair. <laughs> Good luck, those of you who live in, I don't know, Idaho, middle of the United States. Or most of not in the United States. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. But uh, at least there's something. And they said they're going to, let's see, there's a, I have a, I think a little quote here. They are going to continue to evaluate and evolve the system and play thresholds for future qualification periods to ensure a strong, sustainable, and easy-to-understand system that appeals to all fans and players. Okay. Sure. 150 stores worldwide. Does this include all of the fans and players? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to see like some maps of how it works out. Maybe it's, maybe it's better than we think. Maybe 150 goes further than we would think, but I don't know. Because like, how many did we have in California? It was not. Yeah, <laughs> how many did we have in California every season for previous seasons? I felt like we'd have like. I don't so know. let's put things into perspective. The RPTQ, right? Yeah. Which is basically what this sounds like. It's an RPTQ that you've already qualified for by having two hundred Planeswalker points. Yeah, is what it sounds like to me. Except you don't get a promo. <laughs> um, <laughs> California had two. One in Berkeley. One in like LA. Yeah. That's it. So if you live in Northern California, like towards the, the border, looks like you're going to Berkeley. Because uh, the PPTQ system, we had like, what, one most weekends? And so that's like in the month period, that's like four. That's just too many. That's four. Like, yeah, it's just that that doesn't spread out across even the United States of 150 stores. Like, There's yeah, no way, there's no way they're going to have four in a month in California. That's kind of a bummer because I feel like it means we get to play less competitive magic in general. Because it's not just for modern, this is for standard as well. So I think it's going to be tied to whatever format the upcoming PT is, which is kind of normal. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like how the modern RPTQ qualified you for a standard Pro Tour, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. Well, at least they got something. So we're going we're gonna to keep our ears to the ground and wait for some more info before we bash on it too much. But the, the initial take is that is not a lot of, uh, not a lot of events. At all. No, not at all. <laughs> but moving along to new exciting things, uh, Wizards of the Coast did a, a little uh, Twitch TV stream this week. Or I should say it was last week, late last week, where they... Uh, announced well officially announced because they had a leak earlier in the day they announced the uh upcoming supplementary set modern horizons uh this is going to be a uh, large size expansion of 254 cards that is going to skip standard and go straight into the modern legacy edh 
and whatever else card pool vintage commander yeah, commander yeah uh <laughs> card pool so it's not gonna, none of these cards will be legal in standard they're only going to be legal in um non-rotating formats and uh all the cards in the set are going to be brand new cards that have never been seen before or they are going to be reprints of existing cards that are not already legal and modern except for basic lands so there are going to be 254 brand new cards entering the modern card pool that are not currently legal um and this is going to be a booster draftable set so there is going to be some you know draft chafe type more simple cards i'd imagine but i think in the supplementary sets even the more you know common draft chafe type cards are much more playable than your average uh you know low rare yeah low rarity cards from a standard set you know you're not going to have as many vanilla do nothing creatures and even if they are vanilla e creatures they'll probably have more interesting stat lines hopefully you know bigger bodies uh perhaps filling in holes and mana costs i imagine this set will also have large implications on popper yeah those of you who play popper definitely i'm definitely interested in what happens with popper as well uh it's going to be released june 14th with a june 8th through 9th pre-release weekend um it's going to be a draft pre-release weekend not sealed which is slightly unusual so that's exciting and there is going to be a buy a box promo but it is going to be a reprint card that is new to modern like everything else but it's going to be a card that already exists so uh, it won't be a uh, potential nexus of fate card availability bottleneck should they choose poorly <laughs> Uh, it's going to be on Moto at six ninety nine a pack, not on Arena at all, and there is no announced paper price yet because they don't do that anymore. Like we talked about last episode, <laughs> no more MSRP, which is really weird. So it's like, oh yeah, we're not going to have an MSRP, but online they're going to be six ninety nine a pack. Yeah. <laughs> so is that basically just the MSRP for packs? So they've been this. All these different supplementary sets have been the same price on Moto, but in paper, some of them have been like ten bucks, and then Ultimate Masters was like fourteen. So the prices have like varied, but they've always costed, I think, this like seven dollar price point online for these types of sets. So in the past, it costing seven on Moto hasn't really been necessarily a like any kind of anchor to what they cost in paper. I guess is what I'm saying. So that's kind of interesting. So I guess like. When you're talking about the buy box promo not being a brand new card um, to get screwed over by card availability, I'm slightly concerned about potential card availability. Yeah. Because I don't, I, mean, I don't know. Nobody knows what the real print run of this set's going to be, look like. So uh, unless it's printed at the rate at which like a standard set is printed. If you have like modern staple cards that are only printed in this set, then that's gonna drive the prices of everything like through the roof. Yeah. And I don't think that's what they really want to happen. So hopefully so, they print a whole shitload of it. <laughs> yeah. So either they they have to print like a whole bunch, like as much as a standard set, right? It's like like our like Phoenixes are what, twenty five dollars or something for yeah. anything? Something like that. So, like, maybe you think that's reasonable for, like, a mythic, really strong modern card or something. <laughs> but 
if it's more like uh, along the lines of Eternal Masters or something like that, then <sighs> I think that's going to be really bad. Chase the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> Level prices. Because then this will be literally the only printing in which that card will exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it's a if it's a chase rare mythic, that's a big problem. And if you're doing a supplementary set like this, it's not going to be legal and standard. Then when are you going to be able to reprint this card to increase the availability in the future? Yeah, the real issue with that too is that um, standard sets get drafted a ton for like a long period. But the summer supplemental sets are usually kind of shoehorned into a very small window for for drafting, right? At like stores, yeah, they get drafted a whole bunch for like a month, and then yeah. the, the product's all gone, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas standard sets kind of linger around for much longer, and much more of it gets you know kind of ground up at, at GPs and stuff, being you know handed out. I'm, I think there's going to be at least one GP with this, right? I want to say. I think this is releasing like at a. A week before a GP weekend or something like that? I'd be surprised they didn't do a GP with this, but yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Product availability is going to be interesting. I remember with, like, I think it was the first Modern Masters when they had the Vegas uh, GPs, like the twin GPs that ran, like, side-by-side. I think they printed extra product that wasn't included in the print, in, like, the allocated print run for the GP. It was, like, Watsy printed their own stash, basically, (laughs) for for the GPs. And I think like they did that on top of whatever their like projections were for for shops, so that like put more product out there than there would have been otherwise. I don't know if they're gonna do something like that for this. That you know, it's kind of a drop in the bucket overall, but at least it's you know something. And I remember a lot of the stories of people dropping out of that event because they opened a Dharma Wave or something. And I think that's like not good for their events, right? Yeah, I don't know if the prices will be depending on how the spoilers go. I guess. Hopefully the prices won't be like that, you know, right from the get-go. Um, so people won't be just like, you know, money drafting or whatever. I mean, I think I, I would say be prepared to see some old cards spike because they've now been Unlocked. made legal and modern. Yeah. Oh, you mean, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. I thought you meant just like stuff that's currently legal, but like got good because of a new printing or something. I mean, there's always random buyouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of insane price spikes and how I always talk about Ambulant at every given opportunity, um, <laughs> has anyone looked at the price of Foil Sakura Tribe Scout recently? The I think that at the time I looked, which was on Friday, the cheapest lightly played Foil Sakura Tribe Scout on TCG you could buy was $65. What a steal. Stealing from you, that is. <laughs> $65. It's a common, right? Yeah, it's a common. But it's only been printed once. But yeah, hopefully these cards don't get anything close to that. You know, hopefully the availability is there, and uh, hopefully the set's not a dud either. You know, hopefully it's not just a bunch of garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's the, like the hard part, right? So if you make all the cards that are brand new really good, then they're super high in demand, and it's like prices even more people out of modern, and then they'll cry and bitch about how they can't afford modern, and that's terrible, right? But if you just make the whole set a bunch of like underpowered cards that just aren't quite good enough to be playable anyway, everyone's disappointed and no one wants to to buy it. I think maybe the correct way for them to do it would be to have the new cards be decent, but the really good cards be reprints. Because then there's some availability. There's a little bit of a you know a relief valve on that. Yeah, I mean it's also possible they'll make like the new good cards 
like very 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 niche yeah right extremely narrow but good in like the one strategy that likes to uh, to do the thing but then you could argue then they're not really all that good i don't know yeah it's interesting there's a lot of different ways this could go and they could just print a ton of it i mean they could just print an absolute shitload of it and then sell it at you know a somewhat low price which they won't tell you because they don't do that i mean if these packs are selling for you know seven a pack in paper and it's a fun draft format and there's a ton of it and the cards are good and people are hyped then they'll probably sell a ton of it oh yeah i mean because getting getting to play with 250 brand new to modern legal cards is crazy pretty sweet it's freaking crazy yeah like you don't get that on a standard set because there's some number of reprints and a lot of it's frankly Chafe. unplayable yeah like a lot of it's just unplayable and standard you wonder how many like truly like could go in a modern deck cards get printed in your average standard set 50 i think that's high we're talking about could end up in a deck somewhere at some point <laughs> you think that's still high yeah i mean like okay so like what are we defining as could go in a deck because you can play whatever the hell you want i mean right. like could one day end up as like a one of in, in a modern deck you know like a flex slot or something you're uh like territorial hammer skull sweet card in draft is this card <laughs> remotely modern playable probably not i mean if they'd broken dinosaurs maybe <laughs> but yeah yeah that card's just... i have Ugin for dinosaurs oh man one mana territorial hammer skulls. Mmm. <laughs> wow. Still not sure that's good enough, actually. Get out and more swamp. Uh, very territorial. <laughs> but uh, so I guess the we could get into some examples of kind of what they've what they've teased because they gave us two cards. Um, they are both brand new cards, and I will do my best to explain them here i think it's funny because i think these cards are both kind of working towards a similar archetype i feel like there is a certain deck that both these cards could go into and watsi did say that they were you know looking at at printing cards that could uh juice up existing underplayed archetypes or underpowered archetypes and they really didn't want to kind of change the status quo for like what was like the really good decks they didn't want to like print anything that like um hated out the really good decks or juiced up any of the good decks they wanted to kind of give uh, a little bit of oomph to the less played decks so um the first card that they spoiled is cobble therapist <laughs> not therapy but therapist it is a uh, one black mana for a creature whore it is a one one with menace kind of reminds me of vampire uh not vampire oh insolent neonate insolent neonate yeah yeah this is a very same stat line and cost as insolent neonate it's got that menace so it's like a one one that can kind of chip in for some damage so really reminded me right off the cuff of insolent neonate as a one one that could actually do some work you know when you don't use its ability and its ability is at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase so the beginning of your pre-combat main phase you may sacrifice a creature when you do choose a non-land card name then target player reveals their hand and discards all cards of that name so this is a one not not necessarily a one-off but you it's a cobble therapy that you it's like a flashback therapy with suspend yeah <laughs> but you get to keep doing it every turn without paying mana as long as he stays in play so and as long as you have creatures to sack so the first turn you play him doesn't do anything 
because it's already past the beginning of your pre-combat main phase. It's, by the time you can cast him, it's too late. So the second turn, uh, you would, I would assume, have just him as your only creature. So you could sack him and then use his ability. Or uh, if you somehow finagled another creature into play for free, or perhaps, you know, I don't know, dredged an archimeve into play or something for the turn, you could sack that and get a therapy off. Uh, and then as you start putting some more creatures on the board, if he doesn't get answered, you could, you know, keep therapying your opponent. And obviously anyone that's ever played a therapy knows that after the first therapy, the other ones get quite a bit more potent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially in a format without brainstorm where you're not being able to, uh, to tuck cards away, sneaky peeky on top of the deck. Where yeah, a couple therapy many, can't like, get them. Mind games you can play against the therapies. Yeah, this is just going to tear up their hand if it stays in play, and they have creatures to feed it. Um, so you know, maybe some lingering souls tokens, or some some dredged dredged narcomivas or blood gas or something of that that effect. Uh, so that's quite scary, but also very slow. So this is a seems like a card that could be really good or completely unplayable. Yeah, and you only get to do it once. Yeah. Per, per turn you can't yeah. just like sack your whole board and rip apart and like name seven cards yeah <laughs> yeah our other card is a uh four mana planeswalker sarah the benevolent so good old sarah angel is back but as a planeswalker well sarah was a planeswalker and in, in in the lore <laughs> well as a card sarah is now actually a planeswalker yeah and um Four mana, uh, two generic, two white, with four loyalty. Um, you can plus two, and your creatures you control with flying gets plus one, plus one to them turn, so plus two, you have favorable wins for that turn. Uh, you can also minus three to create a four, four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance, so basically create a Sarah Angel. Yeah. Four, four mana Sarah Angel that leaves a one loyalty planeswalker behind is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, four, four mana Sarah Angel, pretty good. Yeah, from a Sarah Angel that leaves behind a Planeswalker, even better. Kevin played a uh, a Sarah Angel in uh, blue white control the other week, <laughs> like actual factual. Yeah, said so it was pretty decent. It was good enough. <laughs> Getting back to how we were talking about big dumb angels being good enough in modern. <laughs> uh, and then the minus six, you get an emblem with if you control a creature. Damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead. So you have an emblem that says worship. Which is way better than a card that says worship. Yes. <laughs> Significantly Significantly <better>. so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty good with a boggle. <laughs> with or just a, a bunch of random or, idiots. Or like an umbra, a boggle with an umbra on it. Like, good god. <laughs> Ugh. So uh, this card also seems uh, good with tokens, with its uh, its favorable wins ability and its ability to make a, a worship that will make your tokens keep you alive. Yeah, so worship with a bitter blossom seems pretty sweet. Yeah. So it's interesting that uh, both both of these cards seem to uh, kind of slot into the like black white tokens deck. It seemed like to me. So that was uh, that was interesting. Black white tokens is a, an archetype that they made a uh, an event deck for a couple years back. So. It's uh, kind of been on their radar in the past, and it's not really a part of the meta anymore. But uh, it's uh, it's a deck that's got some power, but it's just not quite you know quite powerful enough to tango with the top dogs in modern. And these are some cards that could potentially uh, 
make it a little bit better. So that seems like exactly what they're trying to do with this set. Yeah, Cabal Therapist potentially even um, reviving some sort of uh, Aristocrats style deck. Mm-hmm. Play like uh, the new Judith card from uh, Ravnica Allegiances. So yeah, Judith the Scourge Diva is one black and a red for a 2-2 human shaman, legendary creature. This other creatures you control get plus 0, plus 1, and whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Judith the Scourge Diva deals 1 damage to any target. So she doesn't work with tokens, actually, so I'm just bad. <laughs> womp womp. Womp womp. But she is uh, one of the better blood artists, uh, or uh, what's the uh, the not blood artist, Zillaport Cutthroats <laughs> that we've gotten so far. She costs an extra mana, but she's also a uh, an anthem. So that's pretty cool. A half anthem. Half anthem, yes. The the important stat. We don't care about the butts around here. Only the front end. <laughs> so I don't know. So these uh, these two cards are both interesting. No, neither of them seems broke. They seem you know okay, decent cards. Uh, they're they're one's doing a lot of. Well, I was gonna say one's doing something new and one's doing something old, but they're both kind of doing something that's old. Sarah is three old cards stapled together. There was some sort of white favorable wins back in the day, so it's just that. Um, and then she's Sarah Angel, and she's got Worship, so she's got three older cards just tacked into one delicious four-mana Planeswalker package, and then we've got Therapy stuck on a on a dude, Therapy of Legs. So uh, it's kind of an interesting take on, on new cards, and I, I think we'll probably see some more stuff kind of like this and some stuff that's just, you know, completely new in this set, so exciting. We wanted to talk a little bit about some cards that we wanted to see reprinted or cards that we thought didn't exist that should be added to the format although that's a lot harder to come up with ideas for so we don't really have much for that but i think we both have a lot of cards that we would like to see in the set uh that might just seem sweet yeah might just if we don't want to see them yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly the first one that really stands out to me is um on the twitch stream um one of the guys who was hosting from Watsi was talking about how he had really wanted to spoil a blue card uh, because he really likes blue cards and he wanted to spoil this powerful blue card that they were reprinting but they decided not to you know show their whole hand at once and they were going to show some other cards instead um so powerful blue card is you know could be a lot of things um but uh Matt Nass was talking about potential things that might be in the set that were springing to his mind and started talking about counter spell and they shushed him real quick <laughs> like they're like oh he doesn't he doesn't know any like any of the cards we didn't we didn't show him any cards and blah, blah, blah. and it's like kind of like talked over him and changed the subject in a in a real hurry so that was kind of suspicious might have been because they had a leak early in the day you said right so there's like oh uh, no this isn't a leak uh. yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, I think Channel Fireball accidentally posted the name of the new set on their website ahead of time. In some yeah, because it was on their like GP schedules because they have the rights to all the GPs. <laughs> so uh, in some of their future GPs, they had on their event schedules um, drafts for Modern Horizon. Yeah. So the name the the name made it out a little early. People were already really strongly suspecting that's what the product was going to be, but a name like Modern Horizons really kind of seals the deal on that one. So. But I think Counterspell would be uh, a really great addition to the format. I know some people have stated they think otherwise, but I have a few reasons why I think Counterspell is uh, a good add to the format, so I will share them with you now. (laughs) Um, So 
Counterspell is a blue-blue counterspell, which uh, obviously makes it a little bit hard to cast in some of our other offerings, like Mana Leak and Disdainful Stroke. And um, I guess it's the same difficulty of casting in terms of mana as Logic Knot. However, Logic Knot has that pesky little delve clause added on to it. And what I notice a lot of control decks in Modern end up doing is that they'll either play some Logic Knots, or they'll play some Mana Leaks, or Mixture, and then maybe they'll play like one Negate main deck. Uh, and all these different two mana counter spells have like overlapping gaps. They try to, you know, trying to cover cover for the gaps in each counter spell as good as possible, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that when you rip a Mana Leak off the top of your deck late game, it's really bad a lot of the time because they can just, you know, just casting something and they just pay for the mana leak whatever you don't even usually cast it because it's not worth a card just attacks them for three mana the issue with a card like logic knot on the other hand is that uh it's not live's early game sometimes there's a lot of hands you have with like a blue white control deck where you just don't draw any fetches the first couple turns of the game and you don't have a cantrip you're just like uh turn one tap celestial colonnade turn two like island or you know um hollowed fountain untapped or whatever and like you just don't have anything in your graveyard to turn on this stupid logic knot and then they cast like some two mana haymaker and you just like lose on the spot that feels really bad counter spell would help deal with that problem obviously um so having the ability just to say no at different parts of the game is really powerful at all parts of the game at all parts of the game really um and the other issue is that if you look at sideboards of control decks in modern they very frequently have like these smattering of different random counter spells like oh a disdainful stroke uh people used to play trash like flash freeze um and you've got more negates more negates or you know whatever and like so they're like wasting all these sideboard slots trying to like get these like really narrow and focused counter spells so they don't get like wrecked by these like haymakers out of you know other decks like if you're disdainful strokes so like tron doesn't just run you over if you're their big boy because they can just pay you through a mana leak or potentially even a logic knot like soft counter magic is just not very good compared to hard counter magic and hard counter magic usually had a really big asterisk next to it in modern um the place where i think situational soft counter magic is way better suited is at the one mana slot dispel only gets instance spell pierce you know they can just pay two um you've got um spell snare spell snare like it's two drops you've got uh swan song gives them a bird and only gets a couple you know card types i think it's instant sorcery enchantment and artifact or no artifact on that one no artifacts no artifacts or planeswalker so it's just you're gonna counter some uh some artifacts get you in uh a null <laughs> a null yeah so we've got just uh we've got ceremonious rejection being the much better option than a null so people actually play ceremonious rejection in like fairly large amounts like you know one or two and a lot of different decks sideboards blue decks and i feel like part of the problem that modern control decks have is that they have issues with consistency you've got the big issue already irregardless of what type of counterspell you have with control decks where sometimes you draw all your counterspells and sometimes you draw all your removal and maybe this was a game where you really needed counterspells and maybe this was a game where you really needed removal and if you draw the wrong half of your deck you just lose so that's already like a big hurdle that control decks have to kind of step up over but then sometimes you need the counterspell and you draw the counterspell but it's just not the right counterspell it's just the wrong counterspell you drew a mana leak you know late in the game when you're really hoping to like you know counter some big haymaker from your opponent where you drew that early useless logic knot 
or you drew two logic knots in a row after you like had to delve like really crazy for that first one and so the second one you just can't make it big enough to actually counter anything so there's just a lot of issues with the soft counter magic that i think counter spell would really kind of smooth over and ease out and uh, make these control decks a little bit more consistent which helps them fight these other really efficient and consistent decks in the format that modern is kind of becoming known for you know you've got uh dredge dredge is so consistent now it's doing the same thing every game it's really it's really good at enacting its game plan every single game um creeping chill has really helped it you know push enough damage out that it's getting there most games um and then you've got um death shadow is like very consistent like it you know flips over its graveyard puts a gurmog into play or plays a big shadow it's like doing it's doing the thing most games um and the control deck having to like line itself up properly against the format and being inconsistent with its counter counter magic package feels a little frustrating when you're playing these types of decks and that was one of the big issues i had with control when i was playing it so i think uh i think counterspell would be a really good fix to some of those problems and like the cantrips aren't good enough to help close those gaps no they're not the the cantrips are terrible but it's way riskier to improve the cantrips than it is to improve the counter spells right because everyone's always really worried about blue based control decks or i'm sorry blue, combo, <laughs> decks. combo decks yes everyone's worried about blue based combo decks like storm and maybe even ad nauseum kind of making a comeback so that's uh it's really worrisome and um another card that kind of stood out to me that's in the same vein um is memory lapse and memory lapse if you're not familiar with it is very similar to remand um but instead of putting it back in their hand it puts it on top of their deck and you don't draw a card off memory lapse i don't believe um no uh but it's way more of a tempo play because you just not only bounce their spell you just burned a draw step so instead of instead of you getting a card it's almost like they have one less card and in a weird roundabout way it's like pseudo card advantage in that aspect um so memory lapse is a great tempo card that could potentially see um printing and a big reason why i think it might be uh on the table is because memory lapse actually very narrowly missed out on being in modern as it is um way back when for corsets when they did voting like fan voting on oh which card do you want to see in the new corset um mana leak beat out memory lapse very narrowly so in a slightly different uh timeline we wouldn't have mana leak we'd have memory lapse this whole time and people would be playing decks of remand and mana lapse together so that would have been interesting so uh that would be a, a cool one as well i think yeah i think memory lapse would be sweet and if they do end up feeling that counter spell is too good for modern then i think memory lapse would be a, a very reasonable um card for them to print into the format yeah I don't know if memory lapse fixes all the same problems as counter spell just because if you can't beat a an ulamog or whatever <laughs> you just they you know you get cast cast trigger on the ulamog like eat two of your lands oh look i drew an ulamog again eat two more of your lands or whatever so right but i mean it it does help with like the turn two logic nod conundrum oh yeah definitely and um so like it, it'll still help you stay alive early in the game mm-hmm. and it's better than a mana leak on turn 400 yeah it's like a pseudo time walk when you're both drawing off the top of your and deck it's usually better than it might even be better than a remand on turn 100 yeah, yeah if they have enough mana just to immediately recast it yeah 
So, although it is much worse than remand in the Counterspell War, where you would uh, remand your original spell, memory <laughs> lapsing your own spell seems significantly worse. <laughs> yeah, sounds really bad. Uh, another card that I didn't put on my list, but this springs to mind now in the countering own spells category of things that maybe possibly could be on the table is Arcane Denial. Oof. And that's the the counter spell where it's countered, but th- on the next upkeep, they draw two cards and you draw a card. Yeah. I believe is how that one works. <laughs> it's kind oh. of weird. So if you if you arcane denial your own spell, you draw three cards on the next upkeep. I believe. So yeah, you're up, you're up your a card. Step. Yeah, you're up a card, right? Yeah, because you lost two of your own cards, but you're drawing three, so you're up a card. <laughs> so you can combo it by countering your uncounterable spell to just draw three cards. <laughs> That's a build doozy. your own divination. That's a real doozy right there. So, um, so yeah, there's a there's a variety of interesting and but potentially, um, you know, uh, different counter spells. There's miscalculation, another option, which is the one in a blue uh, counter something unless they pay two. And it cycles for two colorless. It's like a super sensor. <laughs> Just one more on both ends. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's an interesting one. Anyways, a lot of options. And I guess rounding out our, our quick counter spell discussion, so we can kind of keep it compact before we move into some of your cards. Is uh, I've heard people tossing around the idea of flusterstorm, which I think this one there's a lot more to unpack here than you know counter spell. Counter spell is a pretty easy one to kind of suss out, but I think flusterstorm there's a a lot more implications potentially from this card entering the format. So Flusterstorm is like almost okay. So Flusterstorm has this kind of weird in between of dispel and spell pierce mm-hmm. because you would say, oh, it's it's just always better than spell pierce. Incorrect. But that is wrong because spell pierce can counter artifacts. Planeswalkers enchantments, a Flusterstorm cannot. Um, but if you've ever played against Flusterstorm, it's really hard to beat. Yeah. Like if you play your spell and they fluster it, and there's like any any reasonable amount of triggers, like Storm, it's really hard to get your spell to resolve. Flusterstorm is basically the best defensive counter spell in the game because. Even something like Counter Flux can be exiled by something like a Spellcrawler, perhaps, right? But Flusterstorm is very difficult to deal with all the individual copies. Um, so when your opponent casts a spell and you really don't want that spell to happen, Flusterstorm is very good at making sure that thing doesn't happen. But as a but see, uh, if it's the first Counter Spell, it's just it's kind of a weird spell pierce. Yeah, yeah. But if you are if you were the one casting the spell that is trying to be resolved and you are defending your spell with a with a fluster storm, it's not as good. Because yes, their counter spell will get countered, but then it's gone. So if there's a second counter spell from them, the fluster storm isn't doing anything about that. Whereas if you are using the fluster storm to try to keep something from resolving it's not resolving unless they deal with all of the fluster storm. So it's much harder to deal with from, from that. So I guess it's a, um, a defensive from the perspective of the person having the spell cast against them. It is a much better counter spell than 
from the person offensively trying to resolve something. So, yeah, like, can you imagine ad nauseum trying to resolve ad nauseum against Lazarus Storm? <laughs> it's impossible. I mean, like, maybe if they, they had oodles of spare mana laying around, but like, oh, Lotus Gloom came off suspend, Angel's Grace, ad nauseum, Fluster Storm. Good luck. What is that? So four copies of Flusterstorm. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> so I'm I'm a, I'm a bit more skeptical. They're gonna bring that one into modern. They also um, just hate Storm as a mechanic, right? Oh yeah. God, they hate Storm. Which is probably why we don't have any good blue cantrips because it would make Storm better. And you know, screw making Storm better. It would also be a very good card against Storm. Uh, yeah, it's a hell of a card against Storm, that's for sure. Like like we were talking about, the Storm. it's okay for the Storm player, but it's really good for the person playing against Storm. Much better. Um, so what are some cards that uh, you would be really interested in seeing in this set? So along the vein of cards I think would be sweet, but probably definitely not going to be safe for modern, um, Exploration. Oh, baby. Get me a Sakura Trap Scout that you cannot bolt. That's awful. I, I, it's I guess it's, speed, I guess. I guess but. it's closer to a uh, Sky Shroud Ranger that you can't bolt. Yeah. But it's if you look at the... <laughs> it may not seem super impressive there, but if you think about it as a one-mana half of an Azusa that you just can't remove, it's really yeah, I don't. I don't see this one honestly. I know you're excited about the concept, but I, I would be baffled. I would just be completely baffled if Wasi decided that yes, this one right here, officer, this is the card we want to reference. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, like in a vacuum, I'm, I'm daydreaming about playing Terminal Exploration into like amulets and bullshit and just having a grand time. <laughs> but I, I, I definitely think that this is uh, not safe for modern. My mind's telling me no. <laughs> but my body so I guess if if I could only have one card on my list to make it into modern for me to, to have fun with I think I would want it to be the next one I have here which is Wirewood Symbiote <laughs> give me Wirewood Symbiote so I can actually play it feel like Elves is a playable deck in modern don't do this to me Chris all I want to do is play my same Elvish Visionary twice a turn every turn. That's all I want. <laughs> and so you create or huff your opponent out? Like, it's an honest it's an honest play. <laughs> um, it's two mana draw card? Like, it's a think once? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I guess you're, you're playing uh, your Heritage Druids and your uh, Elvish Arch Druid is the one that makes a mana for each elf? Yeah. And I guess... You just have to cord for Crater Hoof, I guess? Yeah, I mean, so, well, let's be honest, it's it's still a far, 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 far cry from the Legacy Elf deck. Um, oh, you have Beast Whisper now. Yeah, it's four mana. Four <laughs> mana Glimpse of Nature is not Glimpse of Nature. Not at all. Um, Court of Calling is not Green Sun Zenith. <laughs> and there is no replacement for natural order there's, there's just no equivalent card thank god like what's the, the closest thing we have to natural order is what eldritch evolution which yeah. is not the same thing not at all how much does a uh, creative cost eight 
So you have to have a six drop to, to pot it with, basically? Yeah, so you can go ahead and play your Regal Force. <laughs> and then uh if That's evolve. not doing it for you. And Regal Force is just, like, pretty solid on its own, I feel like. It's kind of like a backwards glimpse of nature. <laughs> you don't draw as you go, you draw at the end. <laughs> but god, why, like... The reason why the alt deck is so much fun to me and interesting to me in Legacy is because of these symbiote uh, Birchlore Ranger, not Birchlore Ranger, uh, Korean Ranger shenanigans you can do by picking up things and tapping other things. And Ugh. it was even more interesting when you had Deathrite Shamans, you could like activate it multiple times and fight over things in your people's graveyards. And there's a lot of intricate things you could do with the little green men you have laying around. So much opportunity to bamboozle people. The number of times and, I've gotten bamboozled by elves is so high. <laughs> Just, God. And, like, you can do the the adorable thing of, like, they attack you with a big boy, you fetch for a dried arbor, block it, and then just pick it up with your Korean ranger so it doesn't even die. Uh, it's like, build your own maze of it. <laughs> yeah, so if I could just have... Just just give me Warwood. I don't, I don't need Korean ranger. Just give me Warwood Symbio and I'll be happy. <laughs> but if you really wanted to make me happy, you would also give me Birchlord Ranger. I think that's the safer pick, actually, honestly. No, no, no. I, I want both. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And here's why. Because Crater Hoofing on Modern is really, really hard. Um, getting eight mana is really difficult. Good. That's how it should be. <laughs> and so instead of just going for one big turn when you put a, a big boy who turns all your elves into meteors... Um, instead, I would be okay with just picking up Shaman of the Pack and replaying it three times in the same turn. That's uh, okay with me. Stop. Stop. That hurts. Yeah, you're going to have to go out and buy all the all the, the mana. Dude, have you seen the, the cost on, I think it's like Elfheim Palace? Is it Elfheim Palace? Guilt, Guilt Leaf Palace? Guilt Leaf Palace? Dude, it's like 30 bucks, right? Is it? Yeah. It's expensive. That's gross. They're like pretty expensive. Um, I saw one at the shop. Uh, and some guy wanted to get into green black elves was like eyeballing it and he's just like want to play this deck but the the lands are so expensive <laughs> it's like when did this happen like is this isn't like a tiered deck I'm like why are they so expensive i think they've only been printed once though yeah i think there's only one printing i guess we'll get all the green cards on the side of the way now <laughs> yeah lamb on us so another another green card that seems sweet and probably not too powerful for modern um, moments peace. <laughs> oh man, what a card! Get you a fog with flashback. Mm. The fog's so nice. They did it twice. <laughs> I have I've gotten just destroyed by some really annoying popper decks playing this card. Like uh, moments peace, just fog is like not that good. But sometimes it's playable, like when Infect is really popular, they just like pump all their, their, you know, pump their dude up by a million and you just fog it. Because <laughs> like, it's so much harder to fight over their Infect creature than it is to just fog them out of their cards. Alright? Because they're playing all these defensive spells, like, they're sitting in hand with, they pump their guy to 10 power and they're sitting there with like, Blossoming Defense plus Vines of S with like, hey, 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 how do I ever lose? And you just fog. I mean, you still But now you can do it. It's just like attacking for two a turn. Still pretty good though with the uh, like noble hierarch plus a blighted agent or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if Fog, Fog is generally not really playable. Yeah. But Moments piece is like probably better enough better to see enough. a little bit of play. A little bit at least, right? Like, Scapeshift. Scapeshift would probably love to have access to Moments piece. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I believe that. Um, also, a technically green card I got over here, which I think would be interesting, um, but potentially not what uh, Watsi's interested in, in having around. Spirit Monger. Yeah, this card is uh, oldie but a goodie. It's gotten reprinted a bunch, too. Yeah, They like, stuck it in Conspiracy, Vintage Masters, and Iconic Masters? Like, why? It's like, I mean, it's sweet. It's a 5-mana 6-6 six, six with upside, which is, like, insane. Right? Yeah. So, it regenerates... For black. And, like, what? Whenever it deals damage to a creature that dies, it gets a 1-1 one, one counter? No, it's just whenever it deals damage to a creature, it gets a counter. Oh, even better. And you can pay green to make it the color of your choice until end of turn. Cause, yeah, because it was originally printed in, like, what What set? Uh, it was in Apocalypse. Yeah. Like, color mattered. Yeah. But, uh, dude, it's, like, uh, it really reminds me of, like, back back in the day, also in, like, Popper Cube, Twisted Abomination. That card is a freaking house, because I think it's also, it's, like, a 5-5 five, five or a 6-6 six, six with, uh, or no, it's a 5-3. It's a oh, it's, it's the Swamp Cycler with Regenerate. Yeah, yeah, it just regenerates for a black. And, like, just regenerating like for a 5-3. Yeah. yeah, returning for a single black mana is just insane in the membrane. Like, just insane in the brain. <laughs> that card, man... And considering, so, like, we are people don't even play cards like Wrath of God and Terminate's hardly even played. Like, the Regenerate Clause is pretty good. Yeah, it's a five mana card though. Like, <laughs> like what deck plays this? The rock, like the rock deck. I don't know, and like I don't know what deck wants this, but it's sweet. <laughs> Kalidus is like a hard sell on those decks, and like I feel like Kalidus gets a, mo- a lot more done than this guy. Like, keeps you from dying. Puts more power on the board, generally speaking, over time. Oh wait, this deck could go in the uh, the Heartless Summoning Gitrog Monster deck. <laughs> Get out of here! It'd be it's like a three mana five, five five with all these abilities. The regeneration. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah, Heartless Summoning man. Just one day that card's gonna be broke. I'm like surprised it hasn't happened sooner. But for now, it's a it's still a meme. Oh, that that card just seems to have so much potential. Making something cost two less mana. And then, like, imagine if it was, like, a 1-1. It can't be free, though, right? It only reduces it to... No, it can be free. So you can, like, um, Mirror Retriever for free. Because, like, killing... If it's something with, like, one toughness, like, killing it is, like, potentially an upside, right? Like... Well, yeah, so people would build meme decks of, like, Heartless Summoning, Mirror Retriever, and, like, the Bitter Ordeal. (laughs) It's like Gravestorm, your opponent out of the game. Like, I... Yeah, sure. It can be done. And then people tried, like, Mirror Superion. I'm going to pay all zero of my mana from creatures. Oh, what do you know? I have a Mirror Superion. The problem is that the if you're trying to cheat fatties into play, having them be minus one, minus one is actually not so good. <laughs> I mean, it's still big. Surprisingly so. Five five is a big boy. Because you would think cards like Trixie Metamorph would be insane, right? Yeah. But then what do you do? Copy your opponent's creature that's just smaller than their creature? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have a friend who built like a 
kind of more casual how the summoning deck and it was sweet uh you got to play oh god there was another like deck that we saw i guess my i think my friend found it it was like a blue black hearted summoning deck and it played like spell skites <laughs> and a negative grand, one three in grand arbiter augustine or whatever <laughs> so you could just like turn to uh harlot summoning and then turn three like no you turn to like harlot summoning spell skite and turn three grand arbiter make your spell skite blue tap it and the and the arbiter and play like worm coil engine huh <laughs> what Oh, you mean you mean Grant the Grant? It's not a Grand. Grant, you're taking the, you're, you got two different cards. Grant oh, Ar- that's Grand Architect. I'm yeah, sorry. Grand Architect. Grand Arbiter Augustine is the one that sees playing like EDH. <laughs> yeah, it's like the name a card. Your opponent's spells. And you shit. like name a card, and for opponents it costs more, and for you it's cheaper. <laughs> yes, it's like the Azorius card or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. My mistake. My grand cards were were yeah, Grand up. Grand Architect. Anyways, we're way out in the weeds, so. <laughs> You have any more uh, any more green cards on your list? Um, technically, yes. Uh, there's a, a card here that I guarantee will not be printed into modern, but is an d- interesting thought experiment. I nonetheless, uh, Leovold emissary of trust. Yeah, I thought this card was just straight bad, honestly. When you brought it up, and I've been brought around to at least being decent. I don't know. It, it's expensive. Sort of. Three mana, man. That's like... That's a lot of mana. But this card oozes in value. <laughs> value. People aren't drawing three cards a turn like in Legacy. <laughs> uh, Faithless Looting begs to differ. <laughs> that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, this is real good against Is It Phoenix. Like, this card dumps on all cantrips and, like, gives you value otherwise. You know, they target you with spells. They try to bolt it. It's like a two for one anyway. I don't know. Card seems pretty good. Yeah. Especially if they reprinted Arcane Denial. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. That would be pretty good. Speaking of uh, green cards that draw more cards, uh, Sylvan Library is uh, a potential card. This card's probably more likely to get in <laughs> than... Uh, Oh, I don't know. Oh, I have another green card I missed, Dan. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sylvan Library, four mana a card is is very expensive. This card, I think the reason four this card... Life. What did I say? Mana. Oh, yeah, life, mana. You know, they're all the same thing, really. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, four life. Just ask Grizzlebrand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same, same principle, right? Um, but four life per card is pretty hefty. But I think the real reason the card won't get printed is it is a rules nightmare sometimes the timing on when like when it happens and like the cards seem to be like kept separate because they're like you need to put back the cards that you drew off the library it's like yeah and if they didn't want sensitive defining top because it would make games go too long i think so library has a similar problem yeah it's just it's just the templating is very dated on this card so I don't know if this one will really make it in just because of some complexity issues, but I wonder I wonder if a two mana green enchantment that just draws cards for a bunch of life is is safe for modern or not. I feel like it might be a little bit too abusable in like I don't know, even like a dredge deck. Yeah. 
Seems pretty good in the in, in a dredge strategy. I'm gonna pay for life. I'm gonna dredge five. I'm gonna pay for life. I'm gonna dredge four. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh look, I dredged over some creeping shells. What life loss? Yeah. <laughs> I think you deck yourself in a real hurry with this. Eh, who cares? <laughs> it's probably fine. Doesn't really see play in legacy dredge, but I think it's because they have way more efficient things going on to be doing than mucking about with sylvan libraries yeah if they wanted to they can have play stuff like breakthrough yeah god that card's a beating so what was uh what was your your green card that you missed chris um it's a card that i think is an interesting um interesting thought experiment but ultimately i I'm skeptical that this would make it in. Yeah, there's no um, way in hell. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> no way. Crop rotation. Yeah, good old crap rotation, uh, or crop roto, or crap roto, or whatever the hell you want to call it. This card is uh, nothing good comes of this card, Chris. <laughs> this card is sweet. Nothing fair, balanced, or fun comes out of a crop rotation. But uh, I just imagine the ultimate feel bads of your Tron opponent going. So your Tron opponent goes like turn one Tron land, turn two forest Sylvan scrying, turn three crop rotation Carnu, and it's like what? <laughs> yeah, got him. Or they have like doubled up car like Tron lands, you know, like two mines in a in a forest or whatever, or even just like two mines in a in a in a sphere or whatever. Yeah, just like pop the sphere, crack one extra Tron land, go get the last one go off got him yeah Seems. although imagine how good it would feel your your tron opponent goes like turn one crop rotation for a trial and you stubborn denial it Woo. yeah one man has strip mine myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know i don't I, I don't think this one's gonna gonna make it on the short list chris <laughs> no this card's card pretty insane but uh yeah, that card that card is dangerous uh but uh another card that uh finds lands out of your deck that might maybe be a little bit more safe is a uh, veteran explorer the uh the king of of legacy jank <laughs> the uh the one-man army as long as that army is a pile of basic lands veteran explorer it's a uh, so one mana one one that uh when it dies you and your opponent both get to go get two basic lands out of your deck and put them into play untapped <laughs> uh this card is insane in the brain and legacy because no one plays any basics and except for you except for you so you get to play the, the veteran explorer player you get to play thragatusk and legacy <laughs> while your opponent's staring at their no basics that they fetched suddenly they are way behind on mana and you have way more and they're like looking at their wastelands and you've got forest <laughs> plus the way that your veteran explorers usually died is um a flashback cabal therapy <laughs> yeah just get some coming and going but uh, in modern, I think this card is much more fair and balanced because people actually do play basics. Uh, you are not sacking it with therapy, so you have to find some other way to, to get this guy to go to the graveyard. It's interesting. He's a green ramp creature. Seems kind of innocuous on the outside. I don't know. It seems like he could be a little bit safer pick, maybe. You know, he comes down, he blocks really well because your opponents don't really want to attack into him. He blocks really well by not blocking, basically, <laughs> by making your opponents choose to not give you an opportunity to block with him. 
mana development and getting ahead on mana is really important in modern and he lets you do that so although he is a one mana guide that might get pathed <laughs> yeah <laughs> just gives you gives you your mana either way man yeah, I, I think this one's probably a lot safer. Um, I'm almost of the opinion that it might not even be good enough because we might lack um, efficient ways to, to to kill them. Yeah, I'm not sure. Most of the ways in Legacy are either like lands like Phyrexian Tower or like flashback free spells like therapy. So you're not really going down as much on mana because Cal- Cal- was it Phyrexian Tower makes mana when you sack him so the process of eating him makes mana you know or saves you mana so if you had to spend mana to to eat him and go get your lands he's not as good because you have to like wait another turn to really have all of your mana available to take advantage your opponent will then have gotten advantage from their mana before you did yeah uh unlike other symmetrical effects like Chalice of the Void or I don't know, hive mind. Usually, I think uh, veteran explorer is more likely to aid your opponent than all of those other uh, symmetrical type effects. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's an interesting one. I think I think that's definitely safe. I think I think I would I would stamp that guy with the the safe stamp, um, and potentially interesting, but yeah, potentially also just not good enough. But uh, another card that I think would be super cool that is also kind of green is a uh, shardless agent Ooh, ooh, baby do i like me a shardless agent i am probably lucky that this card isn't uh, legal and modern because i would have played so many terrible shardless agent decks up until now if he had been legal or it had been legal i should say i don't know if it's a guy or a girl on the card but uh man i love janky blue green cards that can potentially give you card advantage i mean since bloodbraid elf is here to stay it seems um why not yeah why not more cascaders you bloodbraid into your shardless agent ah and i think at this point having out of a three mana cascader isn't like an issue as far as the you know restore balance living index are concerned like they already have plenty of enablers for that kind of nonsense. Yeah, I think Electro Dominance has kind of shown that that's like fine. <laughs> like people have been playing with that for a little bit now, and no one's really broken it in half. So yeah, and and it's interesting because like you know, Charles Agent Cascades a pretty terrible mechanic in your deck of counterspells. Mm-hmm. So being blue, you, you still can't really run that many counterspells because you cascade into one. It's really terrible. Yeah, no force of wills in this format. I guess you can still play Cryptic Command. Ha! <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I don't know how many playable three mana counters spells there really are, but uh Not very many. Logic Knot is nope. Bot- nope, that doesn't work. That wouldn't work either. <laughs> oh no. You can play um Void Slime. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> There's no counter spells with uh, delve other than logic knot. Also, like tapping out on turn three for a shardless agent and hitting a snapcaster mage, not the best value. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you play them together. Uh, but it would be pretty sweet if it got printed with another card that it's seen play with in Legacy up until now, which is uh, on your list, Chris. It's ah uh, uh, yes, good old baleful strix. I don't know how this ended up on your list because this is my actual favorite card in the game of magic so <laughs> yes it wasn't on your list it was originally then i I took it off 
I was I said that's too much of wishful thinking, John. They won't print baleful strikes. Oh, I don't think they will either. Watsi does but, not uh, love us. <laughs> but I think it's a good uh, interesting conversation to have. I I feel like baleful strikes makes it so hard to to play like the big dumb creatures like the shadow decks. Yeah. Right. Because you're your vanilla beaters just get so bad yeah. against these little dumb death-touching things. Baleful Strix is real good at that shit. Uh, like, who was telling me a story of um, Grixis Shadow got ranched by some like kid who showed up at an FNM or whatever, just playing like mono typhoid rats. <laughs> and spiders. He had like pale recluse or whatever. Yeah, just like, like a whole bunch of death-touching things he played a bunch of spiders and then he played sheaf and dragon <laughs> that was his finisher was sheaf and dragon and no one was playing removal that could kill sheaf and dragon at the time yeah like Sha- push does not yeah interact. <laughs> i think like shadow was playing like bolts and pushes and that was it and it's like well this doesn't kill a sheaf and dragon and we don't have any flying blockers so guess i'll die <laughs> guess i'll die <laughs> like and the deck has like an incredibly difficult time getting getting through some stupid rats because they didn't used to play team or battle rage i think at that point like no one was playing battle rage or if they did it was like in the board so so these stupid rats were just like kryptonite for the shadow deck it's like brick walling every threat in your deck yeah (laughs) and uh they're just good against like the the decks that are trying to play like you know random two drop and three drop creatures like heaven forbid you play a tarmogoyf against a, a baleful strikes right like and so it's like you have to burn a removal spell or something on the stupid baleful strikes otherwise you're just going to trade with your big boy but the baleful strikes has already replaced itself by drawing a card when it came into play mm-hmm. so it's almost always it's baleful strikes is either a two mana two for one which is insanely good or it's completely irrelevant yep <laughs> And in Legacy, at least, I feel like there's very little in between with this card. Yeah, it's either like a, a matchup, like a combo matchup, where this is not like presenting a real clock, and it just like cycled basically. Yeah, or like you're playing against like Storm or Elves, and this yeah. card's completely irrelevant. Or you're sitting there against your opponent's Gurmog Angler, and they just stonewall it. <laughs> yeah. So and it flies too. Like, ugh. yeah, what a card. And so two similar effects that I think are potential adds to modern. I think one of them is probably good and playable, and the other is not so good. It's funny because one of them sees play a decent amount of play in Legacy, but I don't think it would be very good in in modern, and that's Diabolic Edict. Uh, Diabolic Edict shows up in a lot of Legacy decks as answers to stupid garbage like true nemesis and merit lodge um just gives you an answer to these unkillable big bead sticks (laughs) or in true name's case just an unanswerable bead stick um i think two mana for a for an instant speed edict is probably not good enough in modern though i don't know maybe sideboardable but in a lot of matchups that you just don't really want this you want like a sweeper or something instead? Yeah, like I, I don't think it's better than like a <clears throat> cast down most of the time. Yeah. So Diabolic Edict is not not so hot. 
in in modern i think but a card that doesn't really see any play in legacy that i think would actually be quite good in modern is innocent blood and innocent blood is a single black mana sorcery each player sacrifices a creature and i think this one is actually a little better um yeah i i thought of it innocent blood as well uh this card seems pretty sweet it um, it pumps up a kind of like black control style decks which aren't really very big so it's yeah it's helping an archetype that's not very widely played um or you could play it in like an esper control deck maybe or even a grixis control deck um doesn't have a lot of creatures maybe you play like a couple of delve guys that you like throw out at the end of the game or something uh and then it can also see play in like the token strategies again like you know the uh black white tokens or whatever um it's really good against shit like boggles which is always nice to have like edicts like right now everyone's like liliana the veil or bust it seems like yeah it's like they're you know there's not actually a lot of edicts that see play in modern um mostly i think because they're just they're just bad i don't think the options are really that good but i think innocent blood is devour flesh yeah like um i think innocent blood's pretty solid actually so that would be a cool one i think going from a card that i think is actually a pretty reasonable print to something that's probably not very reasonable but i think also fills some holes in the format for for black texas toxic deluge man this card this card if you want to wipe a board toxic deluge is is your guy is is your boy because this card cleans up everything uh boggles players smacking you down just make a a low low investment of three mana and four to you know six or so life and and uh toxic dailies will take care of the problem for you get that pesky boggle out of there umbra and all umbra and all yeah it's be gone uh, uh being three man is also huge against like humans yeah because definitely uh, thalia attacks is oftentimes the difference between winning and losing with your four mana wraths yeah and you see people dipping into um to bantu's last reckoning here and there now i think like ad nauseum has been playing it here and there in the board um just like the three mana is really important and like bantu's last reckoning is not a good magic card <laughs> like no like not untapping that... is is a hell of a cost compared to some life points for most decks that would want to play a, a three mana sweeper so uh i don't know how do you, what do you think the likelihood that deluge gets gets printed is this card's pretty powerful i feel like yeah i don't know i i i'm unsure about how they'll feel about printing a three mana sweeper that can actually kill things above three threes yeah like this kills whatever like it'll take care of an uh, a primeval titan right like it'll yeah. it'll get the azusas it'll get the rangers it'll get the the titan It'll clean it all out. It'll clean out a human's board, even if they've gotten a bit hefty, as long as you have enough life left. But I think generally on turn three, you still would. Um, and it cleans out... All the decks that would want to be playing Damnation or whatever can just play Deluge. Yeah. I guess it's like a little interesting, this deck with again, a Shadow deck, maybe? I don't know. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I mean, it'd be probably the best sweeper that Shadow has access to, right? Yeah, Shadow has really poor options for sweepers right now, actually. Um, their best options in, in black are the uh, the three mana, minus two, minus twos that exile. Um, it used to be... Um, uh, flaying Tendrils. Flaying Tendrils, but that's been replaced by Call of the 
something from uh, Ravnica Allegiances. I forget what it's called. Call of the Carnarium. Something of the Carnarium, I think, is what it's called. And it's minus two, minus two to everything. Exile it if it dies, and then exile anything that died this turn. So yeah. if your opponent like sacks their thing in response, it still gets exiled. So it's like a marginal upgrade. Um, and then you've got like anger, but that's red red, which is really difficult for the deck to do. And then you have to go up to four mana to get like access to like a languish or a damnation or whatever. Um, I've seen people play the four mana one. They play languish because then you can like pretty reliably have your guys live through it. But yeah, it's it's not very good. Four mana is a lot. So uh, daily use would definitely be good for shadow type decks. I think for sure, and it would offset whatever size your shadow would be so your shadow will never die to talk to deluge that's true unless you know you die in the process i guess <laughs> but the shadow lived yeah the boy who lived um so what else do we got here we've got some more some more blue cards uh so we've been playing a lot of swans big surprise and uh swans actually plays a terrible terrible card it plays well plays some more than just one terrible card but uh it plays it plays anticipate which is a particularly heinous card uh which is one in a blue look at top three put one into your hand rest on the bottom uh a card i've been playing with a lot in pre-modern lately that i think would actually be a pretty easy and safe add to modern is uh impulse the uh the big brother of of uh anticipate anticipate wow this fell right out of my head like a goldfish uh but uh yeah i think impulse is, is super sweet uh, and that, that one card is actually just a huge difference um digging four versus three is just really really big um so i don't know how do, how do you feel about this one i think impulse is probably fine i mean the closest thing we have right now is what uh supreme will i believe which is like a three mana melee or three mana impulse yes yeah and that card is like not played at all mm-hmm. yeah Three mana is a lot. I think um, you know we talking about increasing consistency in control decks earlier, like with stuff counter spell. Um, the issue with giving control tools to increase its consistency is they're always kind of butt up against uh, combo decks, right? Like a lot of the tools that help increase consistency of control decks also increase consistency of combo decks. And obviously, I think Storm would be okay playing a Impulse. I don't think it's like crazy about it either like it's it's i mean with the reducer in play it's very good without a reducer in play it's much less good yeah in the storm decks so i don't know i don't think it's like a huge bump to, to storm and like storm hasn't really been like overperforming lately anyway so um i think impulse might be like a safe a safe printing that could kind of uh help blue decks in the format so that one kind of sprung to mind and then there's again we've got some some other options here we've got uh good old predict which is probably not playable uh, for those of you not familiar with predict it's a one and a blue for an instant if you choose a card name then target player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard if that card has the chosen name you draw two cards otherwise you draw a card so if it fails it's a cycle that um mills them for one <laughs> and if it's successful uh you draw two or yourself you can mill yourself yeah you can mill yourself probably better to mill yourself a lot of the time actually the problem with predict is uh it's very hard to know what's on top of your deck in modern difficult to predict um i guess you could play stuff like a lantern of insight but it seems very counterintuitive to be drawing cards in your engineering bridge deck <laughs> uh i guess you could play like horse of crucifix which would also work yeah 
But um, yeah, I think overall, just kind of a lot of moving pieces to get your predict to actually be something better than a think ones. The real success with predict is when you just play a lot of the same basic land. Lots and lots of basic islands. I will name island. <laughs> your odds of hitting are much higher at that point. <laughs> yeah, I think this card is probably pretty safe for modern because I don't think it's that good. <laughs> so that's an option. Um, that reminded me of a screenshot you sent me once of someone casting Predict, and uh, the name card is Island, and they <laughs> milled a snow-covered island. Yes, that is correct. They had forgotten that they were playing snow-covered islands. Was that me or someone else? Because I play, I play High Tide with this in Legacy sometimes. I don't know if it was your... You sent me the screenshot, I don't know if it was from your screen or someone else's. but uh, might have been me. <laughs> Entirely possible. Could have been an opponent too. We'll pretend it was an opponent. It's uh, it's safer. So uh, another another two mana instant that they could print from blue is a uh, good old accumulated knowledge. Uh, Ak is uh, sees a little bit of play again in uh, legacy miracles from time to time. Uh, sees play I think in um, see play in popper. I forget. Yeah, I think it sees a little bit of play yeah, in popper. So. Um, Turbo fog decks love it. Yeah. What <laughs> learn one one secret? Aggro players hate them. <laughs> Accumulated knowledge in uh, what is it? Jace's erasure. It's gombo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've died to that. So um, AK is an interesting uh, card advantage engine. It's quite slow, which again is not very good in modern. I don't know. Seems safe, right? Yeah, it might be a little bit too dirtily to actually be good. So look at all these great classic blue cards that we could be printing that wouldn't have any impact on the format whatsoever. Uh, speaking of cards like that, what about a good old Back to Basics? Oh yeah, I don't see how this could possibly have any impact on the modern format. Yeah, I know. It's three mana. It's so expensive. You know, and the format's just done so great with Blood Moon. You know, no punishment here. I mean, it's basically just a blue Blood Moon that's not even as good as Blood Moon. So what's the big deal? Yeah, what's the big deal? But uh, all seriousness, uh, I think Back to Basics is, is interesting. Uh, it's two and a blue. The non-basic lands don't untap. Um, it's not quite as powerful as Blood Moon, but it's good. Do we need more Blood Moon in the format, though? That's the real question. <laughs> uh, unlikely. Unlikely, yeah. yeah. Although we can combo this with, um, I think it's called Frozen Aether. It's the color-shifted Kismet. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a card. So then your opponent's uh, non-basics will enter the battlefield tapped and never untap. That's a, that's a doozy. It's like three mana though, right? Four. Oh, it's four for Frozen Aether? Oof. Yeah. That's an expensive combo. It's literally just color-shifted Kismet. Gotcha. <laughs> so, I don't... Speaking of that, might as well just pre-print Stasis while you're at it, right? No. Quiet you. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hadn't, I hadn't experienced the, the just sorrow of playing against stasis until pre-modern picked up in popularity but god that is a fucking miserable card to play against if you've never played against stasis and you think the card is like fine just sit down and play against stasis in some sort of format where it's legal and halfway decent and you're, you're just gonna get dumpstered and just be miserable and just hate life even if you manage to win a game you're just gonna be sad <laughs> stasis sucks fuck stasis ugh um yeah so back to basics probably too good but uh who knows they uh they printed it in a supplemental set recently so maybe it's uh still still on their radar maybe they want to get it into modern you know 
keep Tron down even more. Just the way I like it. <laughs> Problem is, is they just don't use their Tron lands, right? And just like stock them up. <laughs> yeah, and then, oh look, an Oblivion Stone. Yeah. Oh look, a Utamog. Yeah. But, uh. World Breaker. Ugin <laughs> the Spirit Dragon. Uh. Need I continue? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, another blue card uh, that's uh, on the list of fact or fiction. Seems safe, right? Four mana, instant, blue, draws cards. Yeah, this card barely does anything. Skill testing, interactive magic, just the way we like it. That's <laughs> bananas. Yeah, it's bananas. It's really slow, though. I don't know. Like, fact or fiction just feels great when you're resolving it but i don't i don't know if it's uh if it's good enough for modern if you've ever felt sad making pause for your opponent's jay's architective thought prepare to be even more sad <laughs> yeah yeah do i give you the one card i could literally never beat or four cards that i cannot beat in combination <laughs> perhaps if i give you the card i can never beat and another card you'll think something about Taking three more, th- I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some some serious mind games with this one. So, Factor Fiction sweet. I, I would love to see this in the format. I don't think it's busted. I don't think it's busted. It's expensive. Four mana is so much in modern. I don't know. We have a deck playing Gifts Ungiven. It's true. But it plays cost reducers. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Factor Fiction is pretty good in Storm. <laughs> now that I think about it. Ugh. I mean, it's it's arguable if it's better than Gifts Ungiven. Um, it may not be. I don't know. Storm deals pretty well with stuff being... Oh, Factor Fiction puts him in the graveyard, though. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But, but the thing is with Gifts Ungiven, like, the thing is it doesn't matter where any of the cards go. Yeah. I guess Factor Fiction would be the same, but... but you don't get to you choose. You get to choose the cards for Gifts. You get one extra card. Yeah, which, if it's a land, you know... Yeah, probably not worth I think gifts is just better. In that deck. Yeah, specifically. Speaking of four mana blue cards that draw more cards, you've got one on your list. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, because everyone loves the mesh, the mechanic of flashback. Oh, yeah. And so this is a flashback card. Uh, deep analysis. It's a good old four mana draw two. And then flashbacks for two. Uh, pay three life. Two mana, draw two cards. Seems good. This card is probably arguably not even the best. Not even <laughs> that good. It feels really good in Popper. <laughs> feels really good in Popper. Uh and I guess I'm pretty modern too in uh in the blue green madness decks where you're just like you know, flipping it over or uh Yeah, you just get value out of discarding it and Yeah, just oh. Yeah, two mana, three life, draw two. Nice. Sometimes in the slower grindy game, you just hard cast it. It's pretty good when you're flooding. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's one of these slow, yeah. slow grindy cards. Yeah, I think this one's probably safe for the format. Although again, I'm a little bit worried to see this card out of dredge. <laughs> Seems good. Two mana, three life. Do some dredging. I don't know. Flashback's always scary because of dredge. I mean, it's 
probably not better than Faithless Looting Flashback anyway. Like, discarding the cards you choose is probably better. Yeah, probably. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the dredgeless are like pretty pretty full these days, actually. Yeah, they're pretty tight. Now with Creeping Chill, like there's not a whole lot of room to to maneuver more stuff. Um, so one non-green card I have on... <laughs> one of the few. On my list. Actually, a red one. One of the few red cards we're going to talk about, actually, is um, Goblin Bombardment. This card is sweet. Agreed. <laughs> um, but... If you notice the theme with my list, uh, most of these cards are never doing anything remotely fair. <laughs> You're a bad person. Yellow Bombardment is never a card you play just to ping down some guys with your tokens. It's um, typically uh, an OTK with some sort of looping combo. Shenanigans. Uh, I will say that if Goblin Bombardment is printed into Modern, you get to play Fruity Pebbles in Modern. Because Enduring Renewal is time-shifted. <laughs> You're going to have to enlighten us on this one. So, for those of you home who don't know what Enduring Renewal is, which I would be shocked if you didn't know, it's a 4-man enchantment originally printed in Ice Age. And it's... <laughs> God, this card is a doozy. Um, should, I, should I just say what it does or read like the actual text printed on the card <laughs> whichever you feel is more prudent because <laughs> this this card is uh i guess i'll read you the time shift version it's a four mana two white two generic enchantment play with your hand revealed seems fair if you would draw a card reveal the top card of your library instead if it's a creature card, put it into your graveyard. Otherwise, draw a card. This card sounds really bad. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. Yeah. So, if you have a Goblin Bombardment and an Enduring Renewal, any zero-costing creature like a Memnite or an Ornithopter, you get to play it. Throw it at your opponent for a damage. Trigger your enduring renewal back into the hand it goes. Rinse and repeat until everyone and everything that you don't dislike even mildly is dead. Just flex on people, shoot your other stuff. Shoot yourself. Why not? Sack your Memnite, shoot your Ornithopter. Sack your Ornithopter. <laughs> shoot your Memnite. <laughs> they both come back. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Fun and interactive. Look at all this targeting. Um, it must be interactive. <laughs> uh, I'm not convinced that uh, the free people decks would be the best way to be playing a Goblin Bombardment anyway. It might be better in like a Bardu colored aristocrat style deck. Or maybe even just um, black red. Who knows? But yeah, Goblin Bombardment's sweet. Um, for all of you who need a sack outlet and don't want it to be some frail garbage like this Seer. There you go. Play it if you're a veteran explorer. Yeah, it's a combo. It's a combo. Just play, uh, <laughs> Gruel Pew Pew. <laughs> you just gotta play Naya. It'll ramp you up to your Enduring Renewal. <laughs> so, I actually thought about putting together some sort of 
garbage in Dream Control deck, but it's real. It was real bad. Um, but you, the the idea was the enduring renewal to cycle the combo off with a uh, wild cantor. Oh yeah, you could play like tender wall and wild cantor. Yeah, so you play wild cantor and then kill them with like upper frost or something. <laughs> you know, something with an ETB trigger off a creature. Just wow. pew, 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 pew. Or if you're playing like uh, the soul sister cards, you could just gain infinite life instead. <laughs> Amazing. The problem is you gain infinite life, but if you've been during one play, you can't actually draw a Burfuros to kill them with because <laughs> you can't draw creature cards. So <laughs> that was a little bit of a an issue. But um, in any case, we have I have one more red card I want to talk about. Um, good old Flame Tongue Kavu. Yeah, how is this card not modern legal? This card is sweet, and. We already have Ravenous Chupacabra, so before you go, it's like, oh, FTK would be too powerful. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, FTK is probably not, definitely not too good, but it just would be still pretty good, I think. You want this like a gen deck or something? Yeah, so it's, I feel like it's what Bloodbraid Elf wants to be most of the time anyway. It wants to be a body and a removal spell. Yeah. And that's just what FTK is all the time. The only problem with FDK is if there are no creatures in play, it has to shoot itself. <laughs> yeah. It's like an addict, it has to shoot, and with no other options, it will it will shoot up itself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this one seems fine. Which can lead to some uh, very amusing things, I imagine. Your opponent has one creature, you play FDK, they path their own creature in response to you casting it, and your <laughs> FDK just shoots itself. <laughs> Like, I'd rather have a land and you not have an FTK. Seems reasonable. <laughs> because what else are you going to do? Let them FTK your creature and then path their FTK? Give them nah. the land? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's see. We've got a, a few more here coming in towards the finish line. Uh, oh, so along our my, uh, my... What do you call it? My theme here of fun and interactive magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got some some artifacts over here. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about Sphere of Resistance. Now, uh, if you don't know what Sphere of Resistance does, it's just a two-man artifact that says all spells cost one more to cast. So simple. All of them. If it costs one, now it's two. <laughs> two is now three. It's like Hathali attacks for everything. All of the things. And it's a fair card because it affects you and your opponent symmetrically, right? And as we know, symmetrical cards are very fair. Very the fairest, in fact. Uh, I actually don't think Sphere's Resistance would be a big problem in Modern, considering we already have access to Thorn of Amethyst, and it's literally not played anywhere. Like, why would you? <laughs> I think Thorn is played in, like, the Blue Steel deck. Maybe, yeah. If you people even know what the Blue Steel deck is. It's a Lodestone Golem deck in Modern, that's about all you need to know about that. That means it's bad. Um... But along the other vein of artifacts that don't let people play magic, we have a good old Tangle Wire. You just cast that one on turn three, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just like tap out for Tangle Wire on the play. It's just good, clean magic. You know, before deploying a threat. Yeah. Who would do that? Only villains do that. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I did that. 
not on my list, but along the same veins of uh, miserable artifacts to play against, and I don't think they'll print into a modern uh, winter orb. Yeah, you're just you're just swinging from the hip now, man. Just yeah, def- definitely not a uh, as safe a, a ball in modern as damping sphere or sphere of resistance. Get out of here! <laughs> These cards are so cancerous. All right, so you got get one more colorless card on here. So one card I think they actually uh, might very well reprint in the set. Enough of my uh, trolling bullshit cards. Uh, Ash Barons. Yeah, this card's great. I think Ash Barons is perfectly, totally fine to have in modern. And it's probably also pretty good in a draft format, which they want this set to be. So Ash Barons seems like a pretty safe inclusion yeah, I agree. I think a card only does good things. Ash Barons is not a card used for shenanigans, really. It's uh, just good good fixing. Fair. Kind of card we want in the format, I think. Yeah, I think the the format that had the original like basic land cycling cards, I think they were actually like pretty good. Yeah, I think those, like uh, you got them on your list actually up here. I think those would also be good good reprints. Oh, yeah. Baron Moore and... Uh, um, the other ones that don't see play. I Forgotten the name Cave. Of the There's something thicket. Tranquil Thicket. Baron Moor. Forgotten Cave. Lonely Sandbar. Lonely Sandbar, yeah. And. Meadow? Something Meadow? The white one? Yeah. yeah I don't know what that's called. Drifting Meadow? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think the cycling lands would be pretty alright. Uh, I don't think they're going to be breaking anything. Uh, maybe we can see a non-dredge life in the loam deck come back into to viability. Kevin's old rug loam deck. Yeah. <laughs> because two mana cycle lands are Shit. god, that's a lot of mana. They're bad. They're bad. Yeah, two mana cycling is just not where you want to be. Yeah. But mana cycling. Speaking of lands that are... Nice. Also good. What about Caracas? Caracas is a actually good land. It is a good land. Um, even better with crop rotation. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so uh, what 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 do we what are we Caracasing in modern? Thalia is the first one that comes to mind. So I would imagine it's really gross if you ever decided to play Tasker ever again and they just Caracas it back to your hand. <laughs> Yeah. I would imagine that would feel real bad. You shouldn't be playing Tassigur because it's just worse than Gurmog Angler, but Caracas <laughs> yeah, would be really worse. Caracas would be the final nail in the coffin, that's for sure. Uh but being able to like Caracas back your Vendelian click to use it again is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's not bad. Um maybe someone would even put together the Dirtle Fest that is a uh, Caracas Vencer. Mm-hmm. Caracas your Ojutai? <laughs> I no, mean, no. That doesn't seem the best. No, no. We'll uh, um, we'll, uh, we'll play Aethervile on five. Yeah. So I mean, you could like you know, <laughs> Caracas factor like Thalia and Vile back in with the human decks. Yeah. You know, like like I see Thalia even harder to remove. Yeah. And playing it's probably pretty free. It uh it has some fringe benefit against the Gorya's Vengeance decks, but not really because they can still draw their cards in response, which is like kind of what they wanted to do anyways. Um, but it's still fine. It's okay. Um, 
it makes through the breach Emrakul strategies is really embarrassing. Yeah. So it's uh it seems pretty safe actually, to be honest. Uh what I dislike is it gives my opponent a way to put my Rook Thar back in my hand without taking any damage. <laughs> yeah. Which is cheat. <laughs> Shrek Shrek goes back home. Shuts the door. It's like uh when he burst out of the fucking outhouse, but like just play it in reverse. Yeah, just <laughs> thrown back in. <laughs> so yeah, I think Caracas would actually be a pretty uh I don't know if they will because it's kind of expensive and um and they even though they say they don't they do think about financial considerations when they print stuff and but i mean they did have like chase cards in the set too right so that's true i don't know i, I think crocus is like decent modern without like warping the format in any real way like wait does this have there's just not very many legendary creatures being played right now this baral <sighs> dahlia I, mean, this I think Dolly is like the most played one. Yeah, there's just not a lot of legacy or not a lot of uh, legendary cards in the format right now. I mean, that's why we saw um, it might not Tanashi even be playing two cups of cast down, right? Yeah, it might not even be good, honestly. This might not even be good. But the thing is, like, the cost of putting a Karagas in your deck is so low. Yeah. Right. Just oh, is is this a planes like <laughs> in the Blood Moon format? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's relatively free. Yeah, probably. Which uses to like save your Azusa. I don't know. Then another uh, decent white esque card. Well, Crocus isn't really white. It makes white mana, but a real white card is a uh, Containment Priest. People yeah, Containment Priest. The the problem I have with Containment Priest is it's a human. <laughs> yeah, people have been asking for this card for a while, but being a human is. Uh, is a benefit. I just don't feel like the humans deck needs to have two mana haymaker bait bears against With flash strategies. Yeah, like oh, either like is a flash. No, no, no. The card just had the card just has flash. Yep, just has flash. It's <sighs> the stuff it's hating on though is is the kind of stuff that's just not very fair though. Not, not, right, but to be fair, that's like what's killing the humans, right? Yeah, it's true. So, from my experience of playing the deck, the humans deck got shat on by Collected Company Core of Calling decks. Yeah. Container Priest is real good against that kind of nonsense. It's true. Like, how does Kiki Core favorably do anything with a Containment Priest in play? <laughs> It, it does not. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, they can make some value plays, I guess, of like Eternal Witness and crap, but. I mean, like, some of the unfair decks, like, Thalia and Milling Mage are already, like, pretty good against. But yeah, like, these creature company, like, collected company combo decks, creature combo decks, Gundam Priest just lights out. It's like the next level, right? Yeah. So. Smelling Mage is notoriously bad against those kind of decks. Like, what do you do? Name devoted. Like, do you name Vizier Remedies? Do you name Collector Company? Do you name Court of Galling? Well, whichever one you guessed, if you guessed wrong, you lose. Good luck. Yeah, Contaminant Priest really helps with that. Yeah, it's true. Being a human is a bummer because I think a lot of decks, like control decks, I'm sure would like not mind seeing this, right? Yeah, I think it's a kind of an effect that um, a lot of decks in modern were interested in, would be interested in having. But 
it it it's already slotting directly into like a fairly known, powerful, like relatively popular archetype. Yeah, and I think they had stated they wanted to try to push these kind of lesser, you know, not so popular archetypes. I mean, like like clerics. Be doing. Pumps up the clerics deck. It's a human cleric. Oh yeah, like the onslaught uh, clerics. Goes great in soul sisters. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Being a human is kind of a black mark on this card, but I think it's an effect the format would like like to see. So maybe they'll just print a new one that's a uh, a core. <laughs> Make it like a cat cleric. Oh no! Now you're just getting greedy. You just want cards for your EDH deck. I'm onto you, Chris. Yeah, that's it. You've, I need you to print more cards for my cat EDH. You've gone. Deck. You've gone casual on us. That's why I need to be a cat. <laughs> I've been discovered. <laughs> called out. What is it? Uh, you've been compromised. <laughs> uh, and we've got one last card, I think. I think we've gone through everything else on the lists. Yes, yes, yes. We've got one last card. Uh, the greatest thief in the multiverse. Dak Vaden. Three mana planeswalkers. Uh, historically been quite good in... Uh, in modern, how do you feel about good old Daki Poo? Um, so the thing about Dak is we've seen how powerful Faithless Looting effects are in this format. Yeah, definitely. And this guy Faithless Loots every turn, but he basically flat. It's like a flashback looting, so you're not down a card. Mm-hmm. So it seems pretty powerful. However, he doesn't protect himself at all. And his minus is very often not relevant in any meaningful way. Yeah, modern is not really an artifact format in the same way as legacy and vintage. And his ultimate is also irrelevant large portion of the time as well. Because the thing is, the problem is that whenever you're targeting something, most of the time you're targeting it with a removal spell that just kills the thing. Yeah. So you don't even get to, to have it. But... um. Don't you want to live in a, a modern format where you can play Dak Faden and um, Leovold so you can just target your opponent with Dak Faden? <laughs> so gross. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> the mind the mind struggles to comprehend the shenanigans that can be done. What... Uh, <laughs> We were talking about um, them also printing uh, Baleful Strix in the format. <laughs> Just imagine like taking your opponent's Baleful Strix with a deck. <laughs> Yoink. This is mine now. <laughs> I think it'd be really funny to like steal your opponent's like Aether Vial. <laughs> yeah, I guess Aether Vial is pretty common. And then they go to attack your, your deck and you vial in a blocker. <laughs> It keeps the counters, huh? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. World star. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a galaxy brain play right there. Wow. So I don't know. There's uh there's not a lot of like really great artifacts floating around in the format that I'm trying to think of like what the sweetest thing you could steal. I'm, like getting my amulet of vigor stolen would be really obnoxious. Most of the like, stuff that's like that's being stolen wouldn't benefit you. Like what do you do? Steal a bridge? Like <laughs> I guess you could like steal a bridge, and then like use his ability to draw cards, so you can actually attack through it. But like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Thing. 
steal your bottled cloister. Yeah, it's just that was the card that sprung to mind for me too, actually. I feel like a, de- a deck that plays deck probably does not want to play a bottled cloister. Or you can just steal your uh wish pain orb. <laughs> yeah. You are no longer safe. <laughs> so well no. Yeah, I guess like, No, because doesn't doesn't Dax plus target? Yeah. Isn't it Witchbane or Hexproof. Oh, it's not Shroud. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, you just wouldn't be able to plus on yourself anywhere with Dax. <laughs> Seems counterproductive, but yeah, it's, it's hexproof, which is uh, is more conducive to that. Yeah, your opponent like makes a really big wa- a hanger back walker and just like don't mind if I do. They're <laughs> just gonna sack it in response. Just kill the deck with it, right? Like they don't always have a way to sack the but yeah. the hanger back. Oh, hanger back. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was thinking not the, not the walking. Ballista. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking ballista, which is like just, yeah, hanger back walker. It's pretty solid, I guess. If they kill your deck afterwards, you don't have to give the artifact back. It's just yours yeah. now. Take their worm coil engine. <laughs> this mine now, or their oblivion stone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all sorts of shenanigans. I think the card's pretty safe, right? Like, yeah, I don't think it's absurd. Like, I think in a vacuum, Liliana the Veil is more powerful. Like, I don't know if I would. I mean, that's in, not in modern. That's not saying much. Liliana's a really good card. I don't know if I would play deck if it was unbanned. You or not unbanned. Try and find printed, a way. I would try, but like, I don't. I said unbanned, but if it was printed into the format, I mean. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I would definitely fool around with it, but there's going to be so much jank after the set gets printed. That's, oh, yeah. that's what I'm really getting. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm really kind of starting to, to realize as we as we kind of suss this all out. Is there is going to be so much hot trash, like in, in a grid escape where everyone loves playing hot garbage. There is going to be the hottest and spiciest of garbage. You know, Kevin's going to show up week one with some egregious fire. <laughs> Like if they give us Tide Hollow, um, not Tide Hollow, Baleful Strix, he's gonna like Baleful Strix into Ninja of the Deep Hours. Ah! <laughs> oh man, yeah, that'd be great. Oh, they could print the uh, that Ninja too, uh, the one from the supplemental set, uh, the one that's seen playing Legacy right now. She gives like, uh... is like the Commander Ninja? Yeah, yeah, she's like a Commander Ninja, and she's like, uh, she's like backwards Vile Smasher, right? Yuriko, I want to say. Yeah, Yuriko Tiger Shadow. I don't think they could print this card because Commander Ninjutsu just seems like an egregious card to actually have like legal in the modern format. <laughs> like, <laughs> like basically half the card is irrelevant text to the format. Like, <laughs> doesn't sound very modern to me. But yeah, she's a one blue black one three legendary creature human ninja oh man can't print her she's a human uh whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost let's play this with a germog angler <laughs> pew pew yeah, oof oof yeah this and uh vile smasher go pretty freaking well together actually grixis ninja smashers i don't know <laughs> you like draw the thing it nugs them you play the thing it nugs them <laughs> anything with delve just seems absolutely berserk with those two <laughs> what is it like um drop like dead drop or whatever dead drop what 
It's like some dumb skull, oh, like yes. sacks two creatures. It's cost like nine yeah. or something absurd. Uh, uh, yeah. What is that? Uh, what is that card? Yeah, target player sacrifices two creatures for nine and a black. <laughs> it's a sorcery. Nine and a black. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh. Tenya. Tenya. And then you heated Sugu second right then, right? <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Well, how would you get the right in your hand without fouring him? <laughs> Wait, no, you couldn't do that because <laughs> if you have Vile Smasher in play, it would trigger first. Put them to six. <laughs> and then your second right wouldn't kill him. <laughs> Wait, who says Vile Smasher is getting printed? Oh, man. Yeah, Vile Smasher? There you go. Print that. Boom. Yeah, so I, don't, I think we're off the rails. I don't think any of these cards are actually getting printed. <laughs> so moving quickly past cards that uh, we would like to see reprinted, uh, we've got, I think, one general idea for a type of card we would like to see printed as a as a new a new card. And it's kind of similar to Ash Barons, but I don't think Ash Barons really fills the role. And that's a a an evolving wilds type card that that gets comes into play untapped and brings the land the basic land into play untapped. So basically a fetch land for basics that that you can play and get a basic the same turn nothing really like that right now in modern or or the game i guess maybe they might think that like getting any basic might be too good so you could have like two color get a you know basically have the clause of the original fetch lands but just have the word basic in front of the mm-hmm. subtypes of forest and whatever. You could even do three colors, I think, and have it be okay, right? As long as it's not the full five. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you, maybe like, do you still pay a life? Whatever. Like, um, that would be nice for um, decks that are playing a little bit less greedy mana bases. Uh, one, it'd be a nice budget option as well. Yeah, if want to get into the format, right? One so. in one in two color decks would really benefit from it. And the real reason, because we we're extremely biased, is it would be insane in swans. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. Because right now, Scalding Tarn gets Island and uh, and Mountain, and nothing else does. <laughs> nothing else. And our, what is it, 14, like basic, 14 basic deck? deck yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like if you're playing 14 basic lands, you should be rewarded somehow. I mean, the true reward is not losing to Blood Moon, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it would be a good budget option. It would be a good boon for um, two color decks specifically, I guess, because mono color decks can just play a bunch of you know whatever fetches like right. Like if you're playing mono blue, you can play like Misty's, Tarns, Deltas. Like you have many options. But the two color decks is where you kind of run into into issues, right? Because you have one full set of fetches that gets the colors you want, and then all your other fetches are kind of crap. <laughs> If you're playing yeah. a, a high basic count two color deck. Now, I, if they do print a card like this, I don't think it should be common. Keep this out of popper. No, it seems way too good in popper. Um, but I feel like the odds of them printing this is very low, because I feel like the design team would just much rather print Nash Barons and call it a day. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Do we play? But nevertheless, do we play um, Ash Barons and Swans? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> so sad. 
Do you have any other cards or effects that you would uh, like to see added to the format? Well, you know, I'm also incredibly biased, so all I can do is <laughs> think about cards that would be good in Amulet, and they're almost always incredibly broken. Would a, would a Summer Bloom that lets you play... Two- what, like a two-mana Azusa? Yeah. Um, two-mana Azusa, what? As like a sorcery? As a, as a sorcery? Yeah. Would still be very good. Um, because I think... If I go... Yeah, so if I go turn one, if I go turn two, turn I'm gonna turn two Azusa. That's only four. There's some scenarios where Azusa being plus one mana means you get to have five mana and not six. And if she costs one less, you would have six mana. Mm. So there are scenarios where it would get you a Titan a turn earlier than Azusa would. And sometimes you only have one bounce land, so you need these to actually survive until the next turn for you to be able to go off. So, but then the but then with one amulet, it would be plus two, whereas it's only plus one. But Zusa lets you like put it on the mana on layaway though, because you pay three the turn before. Whereas this, you just have to pay the mana the turn of, right? Yeah. So, but it's still. If you're playing a fair Azusa, it's like the same thing. You still get to play the same number of additional lands that turn and yeah. untap with how much mana you have put in play. And um, Azusa often dies yeah. before you get to untap. And so it's relatively the same. Um, would it be better than Scouts? I am mm, not so sure. I I think in in a world of lightning bolts and fatal pushes, it might be better than um, scouts on average. But I'm not convinced. In all scenarios, it's actually better. That makes sense. Hmm. Let's uh potentially fair. But probably not going to happen. <laughs> if that's the case, I don't think they want to throw Amulet a bone, Chris. I'm sorry to say. Because if you go to an Amulet, turn to this new card, it's still only five mana. Mm-hmm. So you're not quite getting to the the old golden six. And if you play second Amulet on turn two, you kill them, but that's the same as it was with Explore. So it doesn't actually increase your your turn to kill them turns. You think there's any strange lands they could print that would help the deck? Um, if there were a land like that wasn't as shitty as Mortuary Mire to try and regrow Titans that have been killed, it would probably be good. Mm. Mortuary Mire, man, what a card! Um, I mean, obviously, five color lands like Gemstone Mine that don't murder you would be good, but those would be busted. So probably not. Oh. Um, here's a card that exists. It would be a reprint. What about um, uh, what is it? Forgotten Paradise. Uh, undiscovered. Paradise. Undiscovered Paradise. Yeah. Well, it's like toss any color returns your hand after you um, used it. It is. Uh, add one mana of any color to your mana pool at the beginning of your next untap phase. Return it to its owner's hand. So it's part of the ability. So if you don't use it, it stays. If you do use it, it like cues itself up, basically. Uh, I don't think that's what the deck needs. 
I think this is going to be a much better card than the Blood Gas decks. Yeah, like, definitely. Like it is in Legacy. Yeah. Um, because the card, the lands that you want to be able to pick up over and over again are either your utility lands that come do something neat when they come into play, like Colony Garden, Rain Fountain, those kinds of things, Bog, perhaps, or the double lands like Growth Chamber, Sanctuary. What if I told you they just printed it recently on Magic Online with a sweet promo art? No. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, looks like Ixalan era promo art for the card. I don't, I don't know if they just had like leftover art in the art file, and they were like, "Yeah, promo undiscovered paradise." <laughs> it's like it's like say we should reprint uh, the cat ancient strings in paper. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that's just good. That's just good game design. That art is. And then it should be foil, so the eyes glow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just good. That's just a promo right there, man. Give that to people with GPS. Eat them up. They'll forget all about how badly they're getting fucked over on entry fee. <laughs> yeah, is that how it worked with Lightning Bolt? Yes. Basically, yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, I think uh, it's pretty hard to think of new cards, which is why Watsy gets paid the big bucks and we don't. <laughs> so uh, I think that kind of wraps up our segment about Modern Horizons. Oh, so. What would be really good is a land that bounced other lands you controlled. So, like Oboro Palace in the Clouds, they could un- they could bounce a different land. Mm, mm-hmm. That would be very good to have, I think. Mm. Um, the decks are pretty tight on space, but um, yeah, I-, I think that effect would be nice to have because I've I've vaguely considered like trade routes in the past for for doing stupid bullshit like that but this is also in a deck with retreat to coral helm and scouts and blah blah blah, blah. but uh <laughs> the, because sometimes you run out of bounce lands to pick up what you want to pick up to redo stuff and it would also make your deck much more resilient against land destruction like ghost quarters and that kind of thing they would have to target it first. It'd be like a Wildwood symbiote for lands. <laughs> Gross. But the thing is, the temple loss of picking up lands is generally much, much worse than picking up your stupid elf. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Right? So that would be a very interesting card, I think, hmm. in the deck that I don't think would be good in like any other deck. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's a cool idea. I wonder if they do something like that. Maybe one day. If not in this set, maybe in another one. Maybe in standard. I mean, it would probably be like a close land. It'd be like tap a tap two mana return land you control your hand. It's like, eh, yeah, not, not that good, but something to think about. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess that kind of wraps us up on on talking about Modern Horizons, but I think there'll be a lot more spoilers and info trickling out in the coming weeks hopefully they've said they're not going to say anything else until like may i want to say but i find that kind of hard to believe so we'll see maybe we won't hear anything about this for a while but i i suspect we'll see some some stuff here and there maybe some leaks or some some little tidbits from watsy themselves so we will definitely talk about any new information that's uh, worth talking about but for now let's get into our slot of the week and talk about what card or deck we're totally hyped for chris let's start with you well since last week, I played a absolute uh, pile of a deck, and have now run out of my uh, glorious store credit. 
I'm going to play something where I can hopefully regain some of that credit to hop back on the free roll train. So I'm going to be playing some Smash Smithereens because I'm going to be playing a deck that gets shot on by Chalice and I don't want to lose the Chalice. So if I just smash all the Chalices, how do I lose? Yeah, man. It's not like there were any Chalice decks at Great Escape last week, so it should be fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know anyone who was playing Chalice last week. Oh, wait. I was playing Chalice last week. But you don't got to fight yourself, so that's one one down. One down. <laughs> God, there's so many modern prison decks at Great Escape now for some reason. And by so many, I mean two. That's a lot. <laughs> but that's a lot. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so uh, let me smash. Just, just, just want to let me smash. Let me smash. <laughs> Speaking of two mana red cards, what about you, John? Yeah, I was just gonna say my card is also uh, two mana red instant. Uh, I am going to be playing with some Teamer Battle Rages. I have drank the Kool Aid. All hail our Lord and Savior, Teamer Battle Rage. Uh, it is important. It is necessary, and it's why I'm going to be playing Grixis over Esper or some other some other amalgam of uh of colors and, and things just good old grixis death shadow for me so that i can team or battle rage some people and win some games that i have no business of winning otherwise <laughs> so yeah i think it's gonna be fun but uh i'm actually not gonna be playing at fnm this week um i'm going to a friend's birthday but i'm gonna try to get into the deck online so i'm gonna be slinging some shadows on moto hopefully if i have time uh, and if not, in the following week, before we come back again in our off week for the podcast, I'm going to be playing a lot of Shadow because I'm going to be going to a modern event every weeknight, I think. Because <laughs> uh, my fiance is going to be out of town and I'm going to play a shitload of Magic. So that'll be fun. <laughs> lots and lots of Shadow. That's what you do when your fiance goes out of town, right? Mm-hmm. Just play Magic. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of magic. I have something booked for every single day that she's gone. I'm going to be playing magic literally every single day. Put a cube on two of the weekend days, and then two of the other weekend days I'm going to tournaments, and then every weekday I'm going to go to a weeknight event because apparently crazy people play modern on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays as well in Sacramento. So I will be investigating these other shops I like literally never go to. And fighting my way through traffic, which sounds terrible, but oh, it is. Yeah. So I have like been completely free of that experience by and large because my route from work to home and then to the card shop on Friday nights is like really easy. So I'm gonna have to like get home, take care of my dogs, and then like wade back out into the traffic to try to get to a modern event before six thirty, which sounds really difficult. <laughs> so I might be coming into work early next uh, weekend, leaving a little bit early so I can actually make it to uh, these events and play some uh, of Stuff Shadow. But I think that uh, about wraps us up for the week. Thanks for sticking around for this extra long podcast. Um, took a lot of time to talk about all these cards, but I'm sure it was uh, fun to listen to and hear about all these potential things that could be in uh, Modern Horizons. If you have any cards that you think uh, very strongly should be in the set or suspect that Watsy thinks should be in the set, maybe you could... Uh, send us an email or tweet at us or even uh, join our discord via our patreon so don't be shy we'd love to hear from you uh, we're having some great discussions with the people who have joined the discord and uh, we'd love to have you join them and join us 
So uh, thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more of our content, you can head over to mtgconflux.com. You can support us and join the MTG Conflux community, like I just said, at patreon.com slash mtgconflux. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name. If you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of these platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Later.